Hello and welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I am your host, Eddie the Axe Jefferson. Joining me this week, well, we've got a couple of special guests. This, guys, this is going to be the first time I have had two male guests on the episode at the same time. So introduce yourself. Who are we talking to? This is uh, Terry. And uh, what's your name again? The name's Shane. It's a boy. Bloody Bits is a boys club now. All right. Oh, no yeah. more of this chick shit. All right. We've come on. We've come here hard. <laughs> we are ready to talk about House by the Cemetery. Ladies, tune out because it's boys night tonight. Yeah. We're just dicks out for yeah. Oh, yeah. As Lucio intended. <laughs> As Lucio intended. Yeah, that's right. We are talking about good old Lucio's classic. Oh, man. And guys, so you brought this in here. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of the point of the podcast is I uh, ask people, hey, do you have something in the world of horror, whether it's a movie, a TV show, a book, a scary dream you had? I don't fucking know that somehow is important to you or you just want to talk about. And, and I floated this question to you guys. And well, this was your choice. Oh, yeah. This one really, I'm glad I, I uh, so I have never heard the show before. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, this That's is fine. my first rodeo. You, you know what? If if you were to take a poll of people in the, in the world, most of them haven't. Mm-hmm. So that's totally fine. <laughs> but I hadn't, I didn't know about that dream aspect because I'm kind of weird with dreams. Like just last night, I had a really strange one mm-hmm. involving a haunted house. Okay. Um, Kyle McLaughlin, the FBI, okay. Mandrills, and a lot of it actually did remind me of House by the Cemetery, which I wasn't thinking about yesterday, but then I watched it today and I was like, you know what, I think a lot of that house from my dream the other night might have come from House by the Cemetery because I have seen this movie many times. And one of my favorite aspects and why I hold this so dearly mm-hmm. and just like 70s um, Italian horror and giallo in general is because... I love the production. This shit just feels like some sort of weird fever dream. It really like, does. The Italian actors, from what I can tell, they're doing some really, some pretty decent acting. There's some really good facial acting going on when the characters are scared. But the ADR is miserable. The soundtrack is kind of off and like very synthy. It just gives, it just has this airy, weightless, like floating through a dream feeling to it. A lot of the movies do. And I think House by the Cemetery really encapsulates that a lot. The plot kind of meanders until you just reach this climax that is frankly fucking horrifying. Yeah, and going off of that, just just to like specify the reason that we chose this movie, because uh, Eddie, when you invited us on the show, you, you know, obviously, like you just explained, like the show is pretty open to just about anything horror. And I actually took that as kind of like, oh, man, it's it's going to be pretty tough to pick something. And uh, like I was talking with Shane about it and we both had a tough time deciding. And I think we landed on House by the Cemetery. 
because uh, at least for me personally, this kind of encapsulates a type of movie that I always really gravitate towards where like on one hand, it's a very cheesy, uh, very low budget production. But at the same time, there are actually legitimately good horror elements in here. I think this is a legitimately creepy and unsettling movie. And uh, that's uh, that's a big reason why we settled on this. Yeah. And also of the Fulci uh, oeuvre, however you say that fucking word, those French bastards can't write to <laughs> for just fucking save their goddamn country. Uh, however you say that word, um, of like all his works. Um, this one isn't as well known. So I think like that just makes it cooler to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it's, it's one of them that, that's I don't know, kind of underrepresented when people are talking about horror. That That's for sure. Yeah. You hear more about like, you know, um, zombie um, yeah. or the beyond stuff like that, but yeah. not this one. So I haven't seen this movie before. Oh, really? This is your first time? Yeah. And I, I, uh, we just came off of the, the shining episode with, uh, uh Mike. From the grind bin. Mm-hmm. Good old Mike. So my wife watches most of these movies with me when, when we have the chance, because then she'll go through and edit the podcast and she kind of understands uh, my, I guess what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And so we're watching the shining and she, she's commenting like, I love the shining. I love this. This is a great horror movie, but I think Kubrick is overrated. Really? What led her yeah. to that? Well, she she says uh, some of the choices that he makes have been done in other kinds of cinema, like with the, the Dutch angles and, and with the long tracking shots that, that uh, you know, he, he commonly gets called out for being brilliant with it. And mm-hmm. she also says that they're kind of mistreating the actors. Yeah, that's, get, that's a bigger one I see. Yeah. Right. To get the specific response that he's looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, she says that that might be uh, a bit excessive. So then we uh, we started watching this movie. We got about twenty eight minutes into it, and she says, "Never mind, Kubrick is brilliant." <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah, the, I, uh, one of the notes I would have to to put in is, "Wow, did this remind me of The Shining?" Wow. <laughs> In so many, many ways. I, I will say I, um, starting out, I was a little concerned with it. That's for sure. <laughs> and then eventually it kind of built to an enjoyment. And I think for the very reasons that you guys have specified here, mm-hmm. uh, just real quick, the, it, it does feel like I'm in a fucking fever dream. Kind of yes. like uh, if mm-hmm. you watched The Cell the bad kind of Jennifer Lopez serial killer horror thing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's been yeah. a while, but I, I get it. <laughs> that, that kind of like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. And, mm-hmm. and the acting is, is a little detached here. Like oh, yeah. you guys said, the ADR is a little bit rough. I think the practical effects in this are fucking phenomenal though. And I oh, am yeah. a sucker for practical effects. I love them. When yeah. it gets, we're, we're, I'm not going to fucking mention it now, but when we get to a certain scene, mm. it is just next. <laughs> like the rest of this movie for most of it is very like, you know, you, like I said before, you just kind of like meander through things. Like you're just floating through this family, kind of dealing with a haunted house in a very like almost chill way, really. But we get to a scene that is so bizarrely aggressive <laughs> and with in the effect, it's just it's mind blowing. It really is what sticks out in your film when in, in your mind when you think about this film. <laughs> totally. And that that meandering, I think, is is kind of intentional because yes. when when you have a big scare or one of the big 
kind of set piece scenes, you're like, where, whoa, whoa, hold on, wait a minute, where the fuck did this come from? Mm-hmm. It, in, it, it subverts the like kind of formula of the horror that you watch. It's like, okay, she's going around the corner now. Oh, that's going to happen. Yeah. Or, and it also like enhances a lot of like just basic bitch elements of horror. Like, Everything is like like very subdued to a point. And anytime someone's a lot of times when someone screams in this movie, it's horrifying because like just them reacting and screaming, it just kind of like shocks you awake, even though like, you know, you know why you're screaming, even though there's already been somewhat of a scary buildup, just like that shock of character of characters just screaming and terror like kind of resonates with you because it's the first time you kind of hear something in this movie that actually feels emotion like it has some substance to it because like the ADR is not that great. But once you get a scream and once you see that face, everything finally matches and coalesces and you get some great moments. Like maybe I'm building it. I'm probably building it up way more than it deserves to. Like it's a great movie for sure. A lot of people aren't going to enjoy it to quite the extent that I do, but there's a reason why I enjoy it a lot. There's a lot of um, a lot of subtext, a lot of missed moments that I think make this a real gem. I agree. So we'll get on to a little bit of the fun facts about the movie. And I, and I have a couple of them, not, not, not a ton, but I might, I might sneak a couple in here and there as we're, as we're going through the movie. So one of them originally, the, the shooting title was Freudstein. Really? Huh. Which makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because that's kind of the bad guy. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was the third part of Fulci's Gates of Hell trilogy, including City of the Living Dead in 1980 and The Beyond 1981. So this is part of a trilogy, folks. Yeah, yeah. I've seen all those movies. Uh, they don't connect. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> I've seen all those movies multiple times. Uh, I, I maybe them maybe thematically, but even then, I don't beyond like scariness and horror. I don't. Do you have any info on that? Because I keep forgetting that those are supposed to be connected. I think it's like how Stephen King says all of his movies take place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. But even then, there's like evidence, like if, if you like read his stuff, like, you know, there's like certain relations with characters, um, with mm. locations, even like references. Like in Pet Cemetery, when the cat comes out of the grave and then a monster truck from Maximum Overdrive just drives over it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that yeah. part. Yeah. No, I remember a real deal one uh, reading The Dead Zone when I was a kid. Okay. When like it's revealed that the character Johnny um, to like a crowd of people like realize that he's psychic. Someone like in the crowd says just like that girl who went crazy and like killed a bunch of people all those years back. So like, like in that, mm-hmm. like those two, like that clearly takes place in the Carrie universe. Yeah. But I would have liked a maximum overdrive truck instead, or maybe like Ted Danson's character, or maybe like someone's walking on the beach and they, <laughs> they trip over Ted Danson from, uh, yeah. <laughs> from, yeah. What's the movie again? Creep show. Creep show. Yeah. Or, or maybe we have uh, the guy that played Balky Bartokamus from Perfect Strangers from the Langoliers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just shows up. He's like, Cousin Larry. God damn it. And uh, the last thing that I'll just bring up here is some of the music was actually used from the spaghetti westerns that, that he did, the Django movies, just, just to, to cut the, the price. Oh, that's funny because there's not a single black person in this movie. I mean, there's not many people in general, but still, it's it's New England. What are you going to do? Yeah. But mm-hmm. I guess the, the music works. It does. Like, I don't know. Think. It all is, well, sometimes it's a bit like there are certain points where it's a bit like, you know, you get a piece in the soundtrack where it's like supposed to be kind of moody and it's a bit more like, I don't know, not upbeats, but like more like 
it has more of an action-y twang to it. Yeah. There's a specific point I pointed out when we were watching, and I can't remember, but, like, you know, the little girl says something foreboding, and then you get synth and guitar, and it's like, you know... Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember, remember that? that yeah. I think I wrote that part down, yeah. I love the soundtrack. It's great. Because I know a lot of it is self-indulgent, but, It man, is a great I, soundtrack. It's... Yeah, it's... This is 1981, but it's still very, like, 70s as fuck. Yeah, that is that is completely my jam. Mm-hmm. So I guess we will. Uh, we can get into the house by the cemetery. Let's get into it. Let's do this. Balls deep. So we start at your classic haunted house, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lady. And we're uh, hold on here. What's the second count of the movie? Two. Yeah. Already, <laughs> already nudity. Already, there's some boobs. Okay. Got it. I yep. have seen this movie multiple times, and yet that takes me by surprise each and every time how quickly we are treated to just. You know, this nude lady. I mean, not totally nude, but, you know, we see the breasts. We see the areola. We got the whole thing going on. (laughs) We got the whole deal. So she gets it. She puts her shirt on. She's like, "Uh, I I guess I better look for my boyfriend. Like, what the fuck was she doing? You know, I I guess that's just a thing in New England. You drive way out far into the country to go to an abandoned house and have sex there. Yeah, because like I I was kind of confused, too, because she looked to be like laying down and she got up and got dressed. Was she just like. Was she still laying down in like her post sex position and her boyfriend just got up to, I don't know, go to the bathroom or something? Because the boyfriend's already gone. We never see him. Well, we, we do, but like after. Well, I mean, yeah, we never see him alive. Yeah. And it's just like, Steve, where are you? I think maybe he slipped her some of those knockout berries from Caveman. Probably. Oh, probably. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> the old Ringo Star special. Uh <laughs> So, yeah, she, she's going wandering around looking for Steve. I guess they had some sex or something. Or something. Mm. Or something. I don't know. Maybe they mm. were just trying on swimsuits. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. She was going to surprise him. <laughs> so, uh, and speaking of surprise, she shouts, hey, Steve, where the fuck are you? We see a light like go off down the, the, the cellar. Mm-hmm. Somebody dropped it. I don't know. And then, uh, uh-oh, there's Steve, and he's not doing too good. He's got some fucking scissors in him. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into this a bit. Like, um, we get two like back to back, like very Friday the Thirteenth type deaths. Like, we've had these exact deaths in those movies, and they like you know just they feel like your typical uh, Jason Jobs, and they don't really make sense if you really think about them. No, they don't. <laughs> also, um, this specific one that Steve had, this is what I call the Crispin Glover because Crispin Glover was um impaled on a door, right? Yeah. Also, one of the guys from the original too. Yeah, but he had like you see, he had like uh, Jason's like, consistent. He had like arrows going through him. Yeah, the arrows are a big thing. But like the guys impaled through the door with a pair of scissors. Like how long is that pair of scissors? Well, to go we're going to go the, the logistics to of go through it and his entire body and then through the door. Yeah. Well, Eddie, what happens next? <laughs> well, maybe there were the scissors from the uh, PS1 era survival horror game <laughs> Clock Tower. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm more of an SNES um, Clock Tower. The first fear fan uh... myself. But I have okay, um, indulged okay. many times in the PS1 classic. Very good. Well, uh, so now we're going to talk about this next death that happens to her. Because I don't mm-hmm. think we ever hear her name. But that's no. cool. So somehow our, our hero, the monster, stabs a knife through the back of her skull. Yes. That comes clean through her, her head and out of her open screaming mouth. Yes. So like to put in per- like perspective, the the knife goes like in through like the top of the head. Yeah. It, like, the it stops at the handle where like, you know, it would. Yep. And then the blade in full comes out the mouth. Yeah. So I, know, I think I know how this magic trick works. 
<laughs> so something tells me they didn't really stab this lady through her head. Uh, <laughs> she yeah, she might be fine. Might have been all smoke and mirrors. That Fulci, he's a stinker. So Steve got all scissored, and, and then she got a, a skull stabbed. Mm-hmm. She's fucking dead. And uh, then then monster guys just starts dragging her ass down to the basement. And there's a cool trail of blood. Yeah, and this is an interesting monster design because we see he's got one very, you know, generic monster rotting flesh hand. And then the other hand is just a regular ass hand. There's like, it's very clearly just a healthy human adult male's hand. Yeah. So it it does, this is kind of cool because it, in a way it makes you think like there's two people in on this. Yes. But then it's also kind of funny because then like you're imagining there's a monster and a normal dude just kind of doing this. Like there's Dr. (laughs) Freud. Steen, the Victorian surgeon from hell, and then his buddy Paul, who helps him drag the bodies, because, like, you know, it can be hell hauling him up and down those stairs. Yeah, just a normal duty found on Craigslist. Like, I need someone to help me uh, drag these bodies down to the cellar. I need an Igor, basically. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that was terrible, but now I guess we're going to go to New York. Yes. And we know that because the title card tells us we're in New York, and we see a, a little boy, Bob. Oh, Bob. Good old Giovanni Frezza, if I'm saying that right. These, um, some of these Italian names really throw me off. Um, Village of the Damned Kid. Yeah. Oh, was he in that one? You gotta love No, but he looks like it. He does, but he's in another Fulci film called Manhattan Baby a couple years after this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he, you know, plays kind of like the same character. No, not, no, not really. He's like kind of a, he's more, he's more of like a shithead in that one. Yeah. Yeah. He has an older sister. Like she's more of the star of that film. And, it's not the most remarkable of Fulci's output, but Bob does have a line in that movie that like just is always like clattering around in my skull because the delivery, the ADR delivery is crazy. But at one point he yells at his sister and calls her a lousy lesbian and her, his sister's like nine years old. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, that's kind of predictive. Yeah. <laughs> like, not only I know what your sexual preference is, but but you're not even going to be good at it. No. <laughs> It's <laughs> terrible. You gotta love a little. You gotta love a little kid named Bob. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then and this doesn't feel right. It's like aside from one time, he's not like oh Bobby or Robbie. He's just Bob, just mm. adult Bob, but as a little kid. Just something about it is so off. Yeah, we know a Bobby who goes by Bobby, and he's a grown ass man. Like what the fuck? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he's staring at this uh, picture. And his his mom Lucy's talking to him, and he's just ignoring her. You know, kids. Yeah, she, she's like <laughs> he's staring at it, and and the mom like tells him to wake up. Like I think he's awake. I don't think that's what's going on here. But there's a uh, there's a little girl in the picture, and she's telling Bob, uh, "Hey, don't." Don't go there, Bob. It's a, it's, a, it's a real bad scene. Shouldn't go there. But the thing with like the girl in the picture is, and I don't know if this was on purpose or if it's just real shit consistency, but as I like, get zooming in and anytime we see her in the window, it is a very, very different picture. Yes. Like sometimes mm-hmm. her mouth is open. It looks completely different. Yeah. Like sometimes like in two of them, her mouth is open. And then there's one which is supposed to be from farther away where her mouth clearly isn't open. And maybe they just assumed we wouldn't see this. Like maybe they just didn't foresee, you know, Blu-ray restorations. But <laughs> I don't know. It's it's odd. I don't know if it's a choice or just like, you know, sloppy. They probably had to take two different pictures just to get better resolution. Because like the actual picture where it's really far away, they if they zoomed in too much on that, it would start to get too blurry. Yeah. So they had to take two different pictures. And they I mean, it totally fucked. Like, like you said. 
said, it fucks with the consistency a whole lot. Right. But I think like for that reason, they just well, needed a better, clearer picture. Yeah, you can't get a lot of window. quality on like something that's supposed to be taken on fucking the de- daguerreotype. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's she's telling Bob, "Hey, don't go there." And yeah. and uh, he he snaps. <laughs> That's out kind of her personality. A little bit of it, and, and and Lucy goes up to the picture, and and she's like, ah, "I'm gonna take a look at this girl that's talking to you." And uh, uh, the blinds are drawn. Mm-hmm. And Bob asks his mom, he says, hey, uh, that girl that was in the window that you didn't see, uh, she said we shouldn't go into the house. Why, why did she say that? And Lucy's line here, it's like a total mom move. She's like, uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe she said that so you wouldn't have to pack your toys away like I told you to. You little <laughs> shit. I did kind of like that yeah. line because that is very much like uh, felt real. It, it, a lot of times these movies like never feel very real. No. That's just one of those weird specific lines where it's just like, yeah, I could see an actual human being saying that. And Lucy's a total milf. She could tell me to pick my toys up any day. Oh, hey now. If you know what I'm saying and I don't even I'm sure. <laughs> All right. I do not want to know what toys you're referring to. Boys Club. So, Bob, this fucking kid. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's so weird to say because he's like, he's like a he's a cabbage patch kid. He looks like a cherub. He's like so like chubby and round. Like yeah, exactly. He's so cherubic. He should be sculpted, pissing into a fountain. Like it's insane, right? So so now we we see a, a little girl and uh, she's creepy mm-hmm. and she's staring at that that same house and there's some weird lady in the woods and she tells the lady and was hey you gotta you gotta stay back here and, and the the little girl's got this creepy looking fucked up doll yeah she could probably mm-hmm. make a, a few thousand dollars selling that doll on ebay saying it's like haunted yeah you know back in 2005 oh, i thought you were gonna say for something else <laughs> <laughs> whoa hey now sorry well, we're going to, I do have a note later on where we do get into that territory. You and I are going to two entirely different eBays, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now we're back at New York and there's some business guys talking business. We got Mr. Beardo Norman again yeah. with the mm-hmm. names. I guess he just took a job because he's going to be finishing his friend's research. His friend. Okay. Did you catch what the research was about? Yes. It's so funny. Go ahead. The research is about suicide. <laughs> mm-hmm. And his colleague, his his dear friend who was researching it, committed suicide. After he... And so they're just like, hey, can you go like clean that shit up? Finish it? It was actually worse. He committed suicide after he killed his mistress. Yes. And that got me confused because why wouldn't they just show us like that at the beginning of the movie? Instead, we get because like just every time I watch this, I get confused because I think like, you know, it's Steve and the other girl from like the beginning. Like that, like like they think he killed her. But no, no, not at all. It's a whole different story. Because we find out later how how the the friend killed himself. And it is nothing to do with this entire situation. Yeah, for the beginning of the movie, they were just like, uh, should we actually set up this movie's plot? It's like, nah, let's just do like a Friday the 13th type beginning, just like a topless girl, then she gets killed. <laughs> yeah, like I said, with with this plot, we have zero setup, mm-hmm. zero follow through, mm-hmm. zero resolution, yes. and yet this is still a movie with a lot of plots. <laughs> and yet not, nothing, there's no structure at all. Some people might say too much plot. Yeah, Some people yeah might there's say, a lot. There's three movies in here that are not connected. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it does kind of lend to like the dreamlike aspect, where it's like you know when you're having like an intense dream and you're kind of privy to knowledge of the like you know dream setting around mm. you, 
without being like told it. Like you just kind of like get where you are. You get what's going on. That movie treats its plot that way too. Like we're all supposed to be like real caught up on this and like we should just go with it. What if his friend was researching suicide because he wanted to kill himself? And then he's like, oh, okay, that's how you do it. <laughs> Done. He, he, needs to, <laughs> he needs to do a research paper on it first to get it right. <laughs> you need to major in it in college. I got my doctorate. My my uh, my final thesis was me uh, shooting myself in the fucking head, and it worked. <laughs> you can't argue uh, with the facts, yeah, sir. I'm imagining this guy just being so bad at suicide. Like, you know, he tries, like, you know pills and alcohol but it's placebos and root beer so it's like you know he's like man i really gotta like i i gotta i gotta put the work in so he dedicates himself to his research and by god does he do he it he tries locking himself in the garage with a car running but it's an electric vehicle like a tesla it's like <laughs> ah shit damn it now my power bill's fucking sky high and i'm still alive <laughs> Uh, by the rules of three, I should have a third example for that, but I don't. So now the family... I was going to save you with an example, but... Nah, it's okay. I forgot. No, this is a bad <laughs> podcast. You don't get it. So now the family, like, I guess it's a uh, road trip time. We're, we're moving. And mm-hmm. so he's telling his wife, Lucy, and she's all pissed off. She's like, uh, hey, why did you talk to the widow of your friend who, who killed himself? And he's like, yeah, what am, what am I going to tell her? Like, sorry, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> weird scene yeah it is but this is like this is a great fucking deal i mean you get to all you got to do is research suicide one i'm pretty sure i know how that works so i'm pretty sure i'm gonna get an a on this test you think you think you get a test at the end of it that's how research you do a research paper you get a test yeah like you're doing a thesis yeah like you know you're a a professor and like you know you're doing research and then Mm -hmm. like you know some big boss man researcher makes you do a test right he hands you like two pages that are printed on copier paper that that have a bunch of questions that you have to answer it's all true or false yeah you know when you do a master's thesis you got to follow a specific rubric yeah i gotta get an a sense (laughs) but yeah but he's but for doing this shit he's getting like five thousand extra dollars a year Mm -hmm. in 1981 money also this is lucio fulci so i don't know think he knows how dollars work So maybe yeah. that's even more. I don't know. I'm not going to look up fucking inflation calculator. And you also get a you also get a new house. You get Oak Mansion, well, dude. New. It's a mansion. In quotation. Well, yeah. I mean, like new for you. Yeah, new for you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, God damn, with trying to get a house nowadays, am I right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's just fucking impossible. Might as well research some suicide if you're thinking about buying a house. Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, he doesn't want to pay any condolences to the widow, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna just get the fuck out of here." And as we drive off, we see that little girl. Yeah, she's walking around, and she sees a store window. What's going on in the store? We see a uh, Melania Trump real doll. <laughs> That's what else is it? Like, look at it seriously. Pretty close. Yeah. It's got yeah. it's got like the latex covering. It, it might be a little smarter though. Is my yeah, the joke? Well. I would <laughs> but like, yeah. It's clearly that, and I'm sure those exist, and I do not want to see one. But so like, this is like the closest approximation I will come across, and I'm fine by that. Okay. And also, what happens to this doll is she's just kind of staring at it, and then the doll's head comes off. Yeah, the Melania Trump real doll uh, can give you some head <laughs> and let you keep it. Yeah, they were kind of defective. Yeah. So, it, and then it falls over, and like you know, the neck starts bleeding and everything. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so it's a very basic thing. Head falls off, body falls over. There's like, you know, blood coming out of the mannequin. But this is like a weirdly like sloppily edited shot. It's just weird. Like, you know, when you go through like the girl staring at it, there's like, you know, all these strange cuts close up on her eyes. Like there's no impact. It's just, it's just a bizarre scene. Whatever. It's, yeah. Well, because at this point, this little girl, we don't know who the fuck she is. She's the girl from the picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The whole thing could be a dream or, or who even knows. So it, so it makes sense that, that it's a little like muted, maybe. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just a weird feeling. All we know about her is that she's just a little girl with a selective German accent. Yeah. Sometimes she has it, sometimes she doesn't. Yeah, sometimes she's very German, sometimes not. And the thing with dolls and mannequins. Just not working yeah. Hard. Like, yeah, sometimes like she'll say something like, no, Bob, don't go into the house. And sometimes she's like, whoa, schnitzer. It's like, it's, it's one or the other. It's like, I don't fucking get it. Yeah. I can't, I'm not even trying. She runs that's hot or cold on it, man. That's, that's all she's got. Mm. <laughs> sauerkraut through those veins so now the folks are going to the rental place they're like ah we got to get the, the or the realtor i don't know but the so real estate place yeah yeah so so they're talking in there and they're like ah we're gonna get the keys to the to the house they're you know looking around and the mom's all pissed off and the the fucking kid's not even in there with them and and yeah, i just have a note here car. like this is some good parenting <laughs> yeah you know yeah. It's you 1981. Know, like, what, what happens next? Like, I think they're used to this situation. They just don't care. Well, yeah, they they leave him in the in the hot sun, and the kid dies. No, <laughs> that's not. True. This and is the fourth the Bob. Poor Bob. Poor baked Bob. <laughs> baked Bob. <laughs> uh, no, he's 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 cool in there, and he's looking around, like it, looking at stuff, and he sees the girl. Yeah. And they, they, they lock eyes for a minute and Careless Whisper starts playing. <laughs> uh, yeah, they can apparently speak telepathically to each other because they're Okay, now I call like bullshit from... on the, because they're not speaking telepathically. He's literally speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They are using their mouths and they are a long distance apart. So like, you know, lip reading is totally out of the picture because like earlier, Bob said that when he was looking at the girl in the photo, he could read it on her lips, but now they're just hearing each other. Yeah. Him within the car, her in a park, like yards away. Well, the way that Bob talks, like I imagine like you could probably hear him from a long, <laughs> his ADR away. is always slightly louder. <laughs> yeah. He's just like a screaming a lot of his lines. Like the it's girl, clearly a grown woman yeah. putting on the yes. worst little boy voice ever. It's like, Oh, I'm little Bob. I'm going with my parents to go to like, live in this new house by the cemetery. It's like I the, hope nothing goes wrong. It's like the little girl is like, Bob, I told you not to come to this house. And then Bob's is, party. And then Bob's just like, I tried to tell my mother, but you know how parents don't listen. Bob. Bob. I'm here. Behind you. On the other side of the street. Hello. Hello. My name is May. I've been expecting you. My name is Bob. My daddy's here to do some research. Yeah, I know. However, I thought I told you very clearly not to come. I did my best, only mommy wouldn't listen to me. Parents never listen. They always do what they want. Like, shut the fuck up. It's like, no wonder she could hear him. Jesus, without she can tell Bath. That makes I sense. Love Bob. 
This kid's fucking crazy. Bob has a great line that for some reason made Shane and I laugh really hard where uh, they're driving like to the town. Yeah. Like this is actually before this scene. Yeah, it's okay. a holiday road town. scene. Yeah. And like the, the mom and dad are talking about something and the dad has a line where he's just like, otherwise we'd be sleeping in a tent. And then Bob says, I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Uh, he'd be doing real that's... good uh, during this housing crisis, right? Yeah, he could yeah. just go sleep in a fucking tent. Woodsman Bob's got it covered. <laughs> Meanwhile, you see later on, he would not do well in the tent. This kid. He would is, not do oh, well in any situation. Oh, terrible. <laughs> so he just gets out of the car. He's like, I guess I'm going to just go do a thing. I'm going to go hang yeah. out with this girl. And then the, the parents are like, all right, I guess we signed the, the lease agreement and we got the keys. They walk out and, ah, shit, the kid's out of the fucking car again. God damn it. And here's the crazy part about their reactions is they look in the car and they see Bob is not, like, in the seat. Yeah. First of all, he could be, like, underneath. Like, maybe he dropped a toy. They don't, like, double check. They just, like, kind of stand there for a while looking, like, mildly concerned. Like, when a parent loses a child that young, I've seen it happen before. Like, that is when you see a person, like, break. That's when you immediately go on Wayfair.com and start looking for a cabinet named Bob that costs sixteen thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, remember that fucking stupid conspiracy theory that Wayfair was sex trafficking kids? God damn! I don't remember that one. Oh what? my god! So Wayfair is this furniture website, and all the dumb QAnon uh-huh. assholes were going on there, and uh. they were googling missing kids' names, and they found cabinets that were like way too expensive. So they're like, "You see, you see, they're sex trafficking these children." There's only one explanation. There's literally only one thing possible. That's why this this sixteen thousand dollar trunk is named Bob. No, this kid's wow. going to get oh fucking kidnapped and, and buried in a shallow grave. Yeah, no, he's going to be in the basement of that pizza shop. Yeah, he'll be down there. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> I, can't believe, I can't believe I never heard about this. <laughs> yeah, like Pizzagate is as far as like, you know, I really know. I didn't know there were cabinets. I love Christ. all this shit. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> all of these dumb conspiracy theories, people are stupid. It's the best. Yeah, no, they are. <laughs> Oh my god i love that shit too but lately i just had to avert my eyes like, like in this era we are living in it sometimes gets a bit much in these crazy yeah. times yeah it gets yeah it gets now a that it's like mm-hmm. so yeah but bob snuck off and he's over in a field with a doll yeah he has her doll <laughs> yeah he's like it's cool mom she gave me a doll mm-hmm. imagine that imagine you're a parent right your kid's missing you're running around and he comes stumbling out of the woods disheveled looking and he's like, I met a stranger, but it's cool. He gave me a candy bar. <laughs> like, I, we have to go to a doctor right now because. Uh, Sweet deal. Who, who knows what's going on here? Yeah. So it either. kind of telegraphs a certain plot point is that like um, when the girl has the doll, it's like, you know, it, it's it's in good condition. When Bob has the doll, it's torn to shit and very like, you know, old and musty looking. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, no, that so that will kind of clue us into like something plot relevant later on. Oh, okay. It's just that it won't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't even bother. <laughs> Cause this was my viewing. This is like the fourth or fifth time I've seen this. And yeah. this was me really trying to piece shit together. Cause every time I go in looking to have some fun with my good old friend Bob and <laughs> the plot just really it's a it's a straightforward haunted house, but the plot really gets me. So this time I'm trying to like connect all the pieces. Okay. Okay, so you're the ex. No, it made no fucking sense. Nothing. It still doesn't fall together. No. Like, I kind of tried, too. You're the one who's piecing together the missing kids' names and the Wayfair (laughs) website. I got you. I got you. I'm trying to piece together the plot of this movie, and I keep winding up on, like, QAnon threads. Say, what the fuck? (laughs) 
So we get to the new house and uh oh my god. This house looks like shit, first of all. Like this is an old fucking house. Yeah, I love it. And the real estate agent's there and she's like, Hey guys, it's cool. I'm gonna find you a babysitter. Like, when does your real estate agent also find you a babysitter? That's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's (laughs) And, and this is the point, by the way, like I said, I watched this with my wife. This is the point where she's like, what the fuck? Because the real estate agent gets in her car and starts backing up. And she's like, thump, thump, thump. And she's like, oh, goddamn tombstones. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. In her big, in her big, like, boxy 70s Jeep. It's yeah. great. You gotta love a real estate agent who drives a Jeep. So, guys, I'm, I'm introducing a new feature to the show. Oh, boy. Okay. And uh, this oh, right here see. is... Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about that, babe. I'll take care of it. I just gotta go to the store real quick for a carton of milk. I'll be back. Yeah, this right here is the scene in the movie. When I'm fucking out of here. Like, the, the fucking crazy-ass house, the kids talking all sorts of nonsense. Some little girl gave him a crazy fucking doll, and now the real estate's backing over tombstones and talking about getting me a babysitter. I'm fucking out of here. If I'm, if I'm the, the protagonist, if I'm the dad, see ya. I gotta go get a carton of milk. Now, if I'm the dad, I'm looking on the bright side here, okay? Okay. One, my son is making new and interesting friends. <laughs> Two, the real estate agent is kindly getting me a babysitter so I don't have to see my son anymore. And also, she's cleared some debris out from my uh, um, driveway so it's easier to get to work in the morning. Also, in addition— And three, I'm going to kill myself anyway because that's what I'm researching, (laughs) and that's where this all leads. So it's like, whatever, I'm just making the most of my last couple days, dude. In addition to all this— So, like, with everything going on, like, any smart person would just be like, I don't really know about this. But the mother notices, she takes a good look at the house, and she says to herself, you know, this this looks a lot like that house that Bob was staring at in that picture back in New York. Yeah, they just had a picture of this house? Yes, somehow. Well, yeah. that confused me when I watched this again. They just owned the photo of this house. She doesn't just say it to herself, though. She says it out loud, and then the husband is like, "Ah, eh, you know, yeah. all the houses look the same, you dumb bitch. Like, <laughs> we'll like, we'll no, just go in idiot. here. Have you seen this house? This is very unique. <laughs> it's very, this is a very unique. Ties, like, you know, even in the Victorian era when they were putting up more houses like this, not many look like this. No. This is a unique style house. It's very, like, you know, even if, like, typical, like, New England, like, you know, architecture like that's that's a hell of a house yeah. that's why they chose it to film a movie yeah, they built two of them one here and one in amityville <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean the reason like it's it's very particular like you know lucio fulci was taking a trip in boston like you know he's taking he's walking around eating some spaghetti he sees this house and he's like you know ooh. He's like, he's oh, Mamma Mia. <laughs> it's in a house. I have a new idea out of a photo of me movie. So, like, you know, and then House by the Cemetery is born. You know, uh, you wouldn't, yeah. You know, our parents lived in Boston for about a year before they moved back to our hometown. I like to think that this is the type of house that they lived in. Just like a big creepy. And then, like, our mom was just like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And she went to get a carton of milk, and you guys never saw her again. Yeah. You never, no. Yeah. She, well, that's kind of a sensitive topic. She walked out on us before we were born. Oh, okay. Well, I yeah. mean, I understand. You yeah. and Bobby have, have similar uh, facts. 
I like how crazy was that shit with Bobby? What the fuck? He just dropped that out <laughs> just of nowhere. Drops it, it when amazing. we're reviewing the stuff. God damn. <laughs> like, yeah, by the way, my family abandoned me. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah let's hear about uh, some other stuff. Let's keep the jokes going, uh, guys. Uh, He's got some stories. <laughs> anyway, white slimer. The Bobby challenge. Can you joke? Can you joke through this? <laughs> That's brutal. Now we go inside this brutal house too, and Dad's fixing the sink. And boy, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. Mom's unpacking, and they're arguing, and everybody's pissed off. And she's like. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to be here. And she, so she, she takes the doll out. And she's all pissed <laughs> off at the fucking doll. <laughs> yeah. What's her line? It's like uh, Bob's always picking up shit. <laughs> yeah. She's no, like, she says like Bob's always bringing home trash. But like, no, she just gets really mad for no reason. She never shows any sort of anger. Well, to be fair, Bob has been picking up girlfriends from down by the train tracks a lot recently. So I understand her anger. Yeah. You know, that's just Bob. But um, here we try to establish something um, that the mom is mentally ill. Okay. You'd think this. Now, just just real quick, because we we almost hand waved this one away real quick, though. Why did the house, why was the house the same house in the photo? Don't worry, it's never explained. No, no, no. no, no. Go on. Mom, mentally ill. Yes. So you think this is going to be like, you know, she talks about how, like, you know, like this problem, she was prescribed pills, but she doesn't want to take them because they might cause hallucinations. So you're like, oh, so like things are going to happen and the dad's not going to believe her because like, you know, he thinks she's kind of crazy or maybe she will take the pills and like the dad will will blame anything she sees on the pills. So it's like, you know, there's all these covers for anything that could happen that would leave her helpless. But no, no, she seems normal for the rest of the film outside of like being like, you know, scary movie style, stupid. Then literally a second later, everybody's happy again. But then the camera yeah. kind of pans over to the cellar door, which has a bar. Nailed across. shut. Yeah. So uh, Bob's fucking, I, I'll never get past that fucking name. So Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bob, the, the stone worker, who's 48 years old and his hands are, are tough as, as a coffin nail. Uh, no, Bob, the child, he's yeah. playing with his little red toy car. And I want to fucking throw this car out the window. I'm pissed at this car. <laughs> and uh, mom feels it and then, oh, it's, it smacks her foot or whatever. And it flips over and she bends down to pick it up. And she, when she looks up, there's a, well, there's a sight for sore eyes looking at Ooh. her. You got Anne. It's the uh, mannequin lady, but it's not Melania Trump. It's actually a very beautiful, very hot. Uh, it's the babysitter. It's Anne. This is the yeah, craziest the character in the movie. None of what she does, none of what she stands for makes fucking sense. Nope. It upsets me every time. Doesn't matter. I'm still down. She's my fave. She's really hot. She's got like those, like, you know, gosh, you can't even describe it. She's got like hot eyebrows. Yeah. That's yeah. how hot she is. You notice exactly. it because they keep zooming in on her fucking eyes. So, oh, yeah. So, uh, Anne, the babysitter is here and it keeps cutting to the mannequin's head that was on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mom's having a flashback to something she never experienced. It's the mom is having a flashback to something that the redhead saw. The yeah. little kid. Like, what the? Okay, I'm sure this will come up later. No. Yeah, the, all the pieces are going to fall <laughs> apart brilliantly. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then then we, we uh, cut over to the dad, and, and he's going to be doing some research. Mm-hmm. And he, he opens up the, I don't know what the fuck that thing is. It it's looks like some sort of, it's like a folder. 
One of those like accordion yeah. file right. thingies. And it's empty. Yeah. So like, ah, Which is funny shit. because like he looks disappointed, but like if you were holding that, you'd know it'd be empty because of the weight. Yeah, I never got that. <laughs> He's surprised. He's like, oh, the guy yeah. that was doing a bunch of research and then killed himself forgot to put all of his research into this binding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this isn't um Peterson is his friend who killed himself. He actually has found one of this he has found the Freudstein file. Oh, that's what and it there's is. nothing okay. in there, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Who is this Freudstein fellow? Who knows? With a name like Freudstein, he's gotta be a good guy. Probably a solid dude. Probably. <laughs> so he, he hears some creaks and some whining and some crying, and he's like, ah, it's probably Bob. Yeah, probably <laughs> Bob's bitching again. <laughs> This I actually found genuinely creepy. All the like the child whining and crying sound effects. Yeah, we'll get to how upsetting those child sound effects do get later on. Oh yeah, the this is the first time we. They're oh horrifying. Yeah, that fucks fucks me up every time. Because you know Fuck what it that. reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, one of the parts of the original Friday the Thirteenth that always really creeps me out. Was uh, there's a point where like one of the counselors is about to get killed, and the way they get killed is that they're sitting in their bed and they're reading, and they hear a little kid crying for help, like during the middle of a rainstorm, and they go out, and then you know Mrs. Voorhees kills them. But just the fact that like. Like for some reason, they have like an actual child crying in that scene. Like it's like really unsettling. Yeah, like because it's clearly not um, Betsy Palmer, but like they use a ch- an actual child sound effect. Yeah. So whenever I hear like the child whimpering in this movie, like it's just reminds me of that. And it's really unsettling. So full stop. The one thing in my entire fucking life that scared me the most was when I was a very, very young kid, probably too young to be watching horror movies and shit. But that's <laughs> I don't know. That's life. Uh yeah. I'm up watching, I think it was Waxworks of all fucking horror movies, something terrible. <laughs> but uh, I'm up watching it, and it's like midnight, and my parents don't give a fuck because they have, they have like jobs, you know? Mm. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just hear this baby crying. And I'm like, well, okay, there's me in this house, and then there's my parents in this house, and there's no baby. And we live out in rural, like Pacific Northwest, Washington. So that doesn't, this doesn't add up. Mm. No. I pause the TV and I can still fucking hear it. I'm like, oh, this is a problem. So I'm walking around the house and I get around this window and outside the window, like, I know I'm not making shit up. I know I'm fucking hearing this. It just sounds like a horrible, like, baby in pain crying. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Just scared out of my goddamn mind. And and much like Bob will do later, I grab my flashlight and I'm like, I got to figure this shit out. So I walk yeah, out. Pink toy novelty gun. <laughs> yeah. Your Diddy Kong plushie. I've got my, yeah, I got my <laughs> stupid plushie and I'm, I'm walking around because I don't want to wake my parents up because then I'll get beat. And uh, so, so I walk around the house and there's two cats fucking. Oh my God. And I'm like, well, I've learned two lessons here tonight. Uh, oh my God. Number one, oh, uh, yeah, cats having sex is just not good. And, and number two, uh, sometimes your imagination <laughs> plays tricks on you. Yeah, I'm sure you were very upset when that cat's trailer dropped a while back. <laughs> You know what? I still am traumatized. My wife has been trying to convince me to watch cats and I'm like, nah, uh, nah, nope, nope. I'm going to go watch waxworks. I'm going to go, I'm going to go watch a girl eat uh, a blood clot. Jesus Christ. So now just unpacking this fucking story here. Yeah. So now uh, he's walking around, there's creaking. We hear the, the, the crying and the whimpering creaking and, and, uh, he goes and he looks at Bob and Bob, he's asleep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe he's whimpering, but maybe he isn't. The dad doesn't really tell because he's like looking away, you know. And, and you, yeah. They kind of actually stop the sound of the kid 
trying a little bit when we're in here. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, you know, lending a little believability, but he... Yeah, there is some intentional... Um, here, it does kind of work out when we do figure out what's actually crying. Totally. And it's for the best. Then we hear some creaking. And like, what <laughs> this the, is great. What the fuck Shit. is creaking going on? <laughs> I was like, well, I better check that out. And he goes down to the to the kitchen. And what do we see? We see and the babysitter mm -hmm. um, prying open viciously the cellar door. Yeah. So here's where you have to ask yourself, is Anne a live-in babysitter? Obviously not, as we find out later. No, So of she's course. just here in the middle of the night. Bob's already asleep. She has no reason to be here. Right. And she's prying open the cellar door. So obviously she has some explaining to do, yes. which she doesn't do because the dad just says, fuck it, and turns around and leaves her be. <laughs> like, well, I guess I bet. No, don't they have a staring like, contest? They, yes, they stare for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for a few seconds, yeah. Yeah, it almost gets in like sexy staring territory. Well, yeah, because Fulci's got this thing with zooming in on people's eyes because there's a lot of yes. expressiveness in the eyes. And, and so that, that mm -hmm. makes sense. But yeah, I would, I'd be like, hey, cunt. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing in my house? Can you go home? Why are you prying this open? That's a question. She figured she must have a really good reason because he doesn't ask any questions and just leaves. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get to it. She actually has a really good reason. She's no, she no, we don't. Never mind. No, no, we Drop never hear. Like this character time. is clearly enigmatic and evil. When she, her presence, as soon as she walks in, like you know, the music, the flashbacks, just her, the way she gazes at people, <laughs> the clear malicious intent behind her eyes, trying to get to the basement, the significance of the basement, which we will establish later. Mm -hmm. Clearly, this character is in on it. Clearly, this character knows some shit. Clearly, there is so much to this character. Sure. So no, dad. <laughs> that takes off and he's he's leaves and he's like i'm gonna go talk to to some people at work yeah and uh he's at the i think it's about the library or some shit I don't the know. library like in new york so whoever he works for mm -hmm. said go research suicide we're gonna give you a house we're gonna give you a shit ton of money in boston but you're gonna commute to new york to actually do your work well they had to commute to new york because this is the same library set that they used in the beyond so what are you gonna do like build another <laughs> library set you know, it's funny you bring that up because isn't it the library scene in Beyond where the guy gets eaten by spiders? I believe so, yes. Because when I saw this, I was like, oh, I totally forgot that this is the movie where someone gets eaten by spiders. <laughs> and then it didn't happen. I was like, well, hold on. Wait a minute. Because <laughs> it's been a bit longer since I've seen the Beyond. Yeah. Um. So, like, seeing this library set, I was like, oh, shit, here come those spiders. But, uh, no, that is a totally different movie. And then John Goodman's going to bust it's actually a trilogy. Light them on fire. Oh, hey. Hey, we found the fucking uh, link between these movies. It's this library, apparently. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. I need to come over see The Living Dead for a library. There we go. Works. All works together. So he's doing his uh, cool research. The, the, the guy, this, this fucking <laughs> scene makes no sense. Okay. But no. for once. So he's talking to the dude, and the dude's like, uh, yeah, the previous guy that was doing this research, he was acting all weird. He was obsessed with Sheila, which... I'm sure that'll come up. Yes. We we hear the name Sheila a lot. So clearly yeah, this is yeah. very important. And then the guy asks, he's like, well, you know, you came in here a little while ago with your daughter. Yes. Why did you do that? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I, I don't even have a daughter. I have a son. Mm. And I'm sure this will come up. Yeah. So like we're thinking like a man and a, his daughter. So, okay, daughter. Maybe it was May, the little German girl. Yeah. Our little Fraulein friend. Could be. <laughs> but... 
she's always the adult she's accompanied by is an old lady right so that doesn't add up at all the only man who might nope. be accompanying her does not look like him <laughs> no <laughs> if, if she was there we might have some more questions this would be an entirely different movie there could have been a spider scene in that movie. <laughs> yeah. So then the door behind them opens up, and his friend, his coworker, here introduces this guy. He introduces oh. him as <laughs> Daniel Douglas, precious the man who could find any <laughs> precious <laughs> Daniel Douglas. He calls this guy precious, precious. Daniel Dan Douglas. I love it. That's oh not awkward. Uh, so he... this is who Sapphire was really writing about. In push. <laughs> Must be. <laughs> so he says, yeah, I got that guy a bunch of medical records, some death certificates, some missing person reports, and I'm not really sure why he wanted it. I guess it was for uh, some private research. Oh, hey, by the way, I got a fun fact for you real quick. You see that rail up there? That's where that dude hung himself real quick. And cool. I've never seen like a more intense like cut to a rail in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this because the camera like refocuses on the railing and it's like dun, dun. it's great. And it's not as though the, the rail can emote. It's not like something <laughs> happens. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's almost like it's setting up that inevitably this character uh, is going to kill himself on the same rail. Yeah, this is like um, yeah, you would think Chekhov's rail uh, really doesn't follow the same. Uh, yeah, no, this is no, Fulci's rail. Fulci's rail is where he does a shit ton of cocaine and then makes <laughs> scenes for movies that don't connect. Mm. That wasn't Parmesan he was sprinkling on his oh. spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, but can we talk about how um, our precious Daniel Douglas looks like what I call correct Martin Shkreli? Like, <laughs> oh he's, he he he's like really nervous he and has no self-confidence. Oh. <laughs> he's really nervous, has no self-confidence, Has is like, you know doesn't have any money it's like this is how martin shkreli should be because he looks like martin shkreli shkreli prime <laughs> he looks like martin shkreli or he could be one of the characters in clue yeah. <laughs> like with his fucking outfits and shit oh my god oh he really knows how to rock a cardigan man oh that's why he's god, so precious he that's yeah that's why he's precious daniel douglas you, you'll he's notice fantastic. i don't i barely remember any other character's name you throw precious <laughs> yeah. in front of somebody's name besides bob i remember mm -hmm. So now we go back to the house and we see Anne's not really doing her job, which no. this is a common theme that we'll see played out. So Bob's off playing in the graveyard. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. Yeah. This is the house by the graveyard. So we I don't mean, get many cemetery scenes. So, you know, we, we had to have this, I guess. This uh, was put in in post. And he's running around, just, you know, having a lot of fun. And we see Mary Freudstein's grave. Yes. And then mm -hmm. May walks up. And I know it's May because that's what the subtitle told me. Yes. And May tells Bob, oh, I was the doctor's wife, but uh, it's a lie. She's not really buried here. So, well, and the significance of that is non-existent as well. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, because I was trying to remember, like, Mary Freudstein, was that his wife, his mother? Like, I was, I was really trying to remember. Yeah. I guess it was his wife. Because the like, relationship is literally not stated. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyhow, dad's back to doing his researching, and it turns out that the doctor uh, was banned from practicing medicine because he was mm -hmm. experimenting on people. So, so we've got a real... Uh, uh, 
house of a thousand corpses situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, back to mom and she's mopping. She's just mopping the house. And (laughs) she she like bumps into this uh, rug, which you'd think before you start mopping, you should move the rugs and shit out. Maybe. But she didn't. Whatever. So, So she moves the rug a little bit and there's a sand Hit. Yeah, it's supposed to be dust, but it's it's not dust. No, no. That is just sand. It's an absurd amount of whatever it's supposed to be. Like, it definitely is sand, but I know it's supposed to be dust. Yeah. It's way too much. So she's like, huh, I guess uh, I really got my work cut out for me uh, with the mopping now. Mm. And so she starts dusting it off a little bit. And then she sees, uh, oh, there's like a little thing. And she starts tracing it with her finger real slow. <laughs> And maybe I need to get my other, my more sensual microphone for this scene. She's, oh, she's, yeah. She's making the sign of a cross. Ooh. Uh-oh. I know what I want to see uncrossed. <laughs> I, I don't know. Boys Club. <laughs> it's a coffin. coffin. It is, yeah. Or Jacob. Jacob. <laughs> Here, it's, you're, you're the guest. I'll let you do it. Ready? On three. One, two, three. Jacob Tess Freudstein. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. dun. There's a coffin in the floor. You just built in there. Just built in. <laughs> yeah. Like, now we get an explanation for this, and it's like, do we? Well, do we, we? Get an attempt at what is supposed to, yeah. you know, ease our minds and our souls about the whole dead body in the living room. Apparently, that was just a normal thing, you know. Because this explanation sounds like the explanation for like the first time I got high and my parents caught me, and I'm like, oh um, yeah, my my eyes are red because like. <laughs> Uh, the the sun. It's, it's like <laughs> that level of real. Anyhow, so that's cool. She hears a bunch of creaking, and uh, I love this. She she goes into the kitchen because she hears the creaking again, and somebody was in there having some coffee and fiddle faddle for breakfast. Oh, the fiddle faddle is like one of the stars of this movie. <laughs> the fiddle, There's yeah. so many cuts to the kitchen where the fiddle faddle <laughs> is front and center. The fiddle faddle, fool, she went. Fucking crazy for fiddle faddle money, apparently, because they, were, they are all over this one. They were clearly funding this production. So, guys, they were funding his cocaine and spaghetti addiction. So, guys, I've got to ask fiddle faddle, crunch and munch, or screaming yellow zonkers, where do you land? You got no clue what any of those things are. Wow. So, fiddle faddle is a lightly candy coated caramel corn. Uh, crunch mm-hmm. and munch is a lightly candy coated caramel corn that sometimes has nuts. And Screaming Yellow Zonkers is a lightly candy-coated caramel corn. <laughs> okay, so that last one yeah. sounds like a really absurd type of um, antiquated slur in terms of this group of people. So <laughs> I'm just going to have to go with Yellow Zonkers. Get out of here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I feel like this is some U.S. railroad <laughs> propaganda. Yeah, Goddamn Zonkers keep coming over here and eating up all of our food. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy myself some caramel corn, but like those specific brands must be like before our time. What about a candy coated caramel corn? Candy coated caramel. That's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to have to trust the man himself and say that Fiddle Faddle is probably the superior brand. Yeah. But Eddie, what do you think? I think of all of them, Fiddle Faddle is the superior brand. However, you can still buy Crunch and Munch. The other two have been discontinued, unfortunately. I, yeah, Crunch and Munch sounded the most familiar. It sounds the most real. Those other ones sound fucking made up. Yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to, uh, maybe we'll play a trivia game later, and whoever wins, I'll send them a box of uh, Crunch and Munch. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so uh, 
Oh my god. Yeah. So she's there's fiddle faddle and coffee around for breakfast. We start hearing a bunch of shit breaking and then people moaning and then the mom just starts screaming. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, maybe she's uh maybe she's pilled out. Like what's going on? Yeah, you think this is gonna like tie like they're gonna have a discussion about her condition mm-hmm. or like, you know, we're building up to like, you know, some through line about her mental health. But, like, this is the only one that seems to be going in that direction. She'll take pills later, but then, like, we'll, we'll talk about it when we yeah. get there. It's kind of weird. Not yeah, even... because, like, because like she freaks out, but does she ever come down? Or does anybody ever come in and calm her down? Or does no. this scene just end? No. no. Okay. It's great what happens. Because, yeah, yeah, the dad pulls up. And he's all like, hey, honey, I'm home. And the mom is, like, clutching herself in the fetal position next to the tomb. Yeah. That she just discovered crying and he's fucking pissed. He's like, he's like, what the fuck? God damn it. So he's like, you need to get to bed. You're tired. Uh, damn it. She found the cum coffin. <laughs> the cum coffin. <laughs> so we what? we had the cum jar. You know those, you we, those sneaky dads. <laughs> the cum. You're going to have to explain that. We had that the cum box. Do you think I have an explanation or do you think I just wanted to say cum coffin? Cum coffin. Well, after the candy coated caramel corn, cum coffin comes naturally. Oh, yeah. It's all good alliteration, folks. So he uh, uh. puts her to bed and we see her like laying there all cool and all chill now. <laughs> yeah. And there's just like. A shitload of pills everywhere. Yeah, she had a night, man. And I fucking, yes. I've been there, you know. <laughs> they look like Skittles. They remind me of like one of those like different flavored bags of Skittles. That's like, oh, Skittles, like all tropical flavored, where it's like different shades of purple and pink and orange and shit. Sometimes it made me hungry. Sometimes you just need a Skittle to you know wind yourself down. Yeah. It's you're cycling a bit high. You pop a Skittle. Skittles make for a good placebo. But I really like this scene because, you know, she is drugged the fuck out. Oh, yeah. And she was really resistant about it before. And I've never seen I feel like this is a prescription drug commercial because she wakes up from her drug induced coma and like the lighting on her hair is perfect. She looks so happy. Things are wonderful. They embrace and she kisses like, oh, I'm feeling so much oh. better now, darling. Oh, Thank yeah, you. she's Snow White, like a blue jay yeah. sits on her fucking like- wrist and sings to her. It's insane. Yeah, she just found a coffin in her own living room, and then the house almost tried to eat her. Yeah. And then she was given drugs, and it's like, you know, yeah, well, sure. So now we know this production was funded by, it was sponsored by both Fiddle Faddle and whatever prescription Pfizer. drug big, she took. Big Fiddle Faddle Pfizer. Big Faddle. <laughs> big Faddle. <laughs> big Faddle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 real good there's pills all over the place and uh bob and ann aren't aren't back uh and no one's no. watching the kid again no well first we get norman explaining to lucy how this is all very logical and she really accepts it because i mean i would be convinced he says that back in the old days sometimes grandpa would die and you know it's kind of cold outside so you just sort of bury him in the living room because that's mm-hmm. easier it's easier to install into the floor right. a coffin than to go into your backyard, yeah. which is a cemetery, and dig Live- a goddamn yeah. hole. Okay, so thank you. you. Thank you. It's like, what? You live next by the title. It's the house by the cemetery. The so- title is misleading. It is the house in the cemetery. They yeah. are surrounded. Yeah. 
So I guess burying your dead in the house is technically burying them in a cemetery. But folks, you can't bury people outside. There's literally nothing but people buried everywhere outside of this fucking place. And by the way, you have a cellar. So let's talk yeah. about the logistics of that, which they actually do address. First, I got pissed in my notes here, but it comes up and they explain it. So fine. Uh, cool. Uh, great. Yeah, You guys need a second here? Like, sorry. <laughs> no. Fucking uh, I'm actually going to go get a drink. You guys can start. With the hey, next hey you I'm know gonna what? Just, I'm going to go get a drink. Two seconds. What, are you, what are you drinking? Yeah, I'm getting a La Croix. La Croix. It was actually the Bin Boys that turned me onto it. Oh, they're so good. I, I do the yeah. Berry La Croix. I actually like myself a good old pure lacroix. I'm actually drinking straight the, up bubbles. I'm drinking the lime lacroix right now. You usually drink that other brand too, the lime bubbly. The bubbly, the bubbly's, bubbly's good too. I like them both. A little juice in it, so it's got a little, yeah. little tint. It's got a bit more flavor to it, yeah. yeah I'm, but like, they're both really good. I'm gonna go get um, not the bottom shelf, but the shelf above it, bourbon. Yeah. Uh, with a little bit of ice and Coke Zero. That's what I'm gonna get. Yeah, I'm drinking uh, Paul Masson brandy right now, or Paul Masson, however the fuck it's pronounced. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, be right back, guys. Did you see any of those? Uh... Screens from the uh, Nocturne remaster. I still haven't. I gotta look those up. It, it really, it looks perfect. It's like you know, like I said, like they don't at Nocturne. Like it's, it's good where it looks. You don't need to change anything. But the upscaling is actually pretty badass. I gotta look those up. Yeah, because I know that the trailer shared like a little bit of the uh, footage. Yeah, it's funny because like the tra in the trailer, like when it shows the images of like the original Nocturne before showing HD, it's like absurdly it on a small screen because like yeah. at the end of the day, it's not that big of an upscaling, but it doesn't need to be because it's such a fucking beautiful game. It looks fantastic. And it's just great that people are going to be able to play it because it's not on anything but PS2. I really can't wait. Like that's definitely... It's such like that's one of those games where like once the pre-orders go up. Yeah, and I saw so like there's gonna be like you know the typical normal and hard, both of which really just hard. <laughs> and then there's gonna be a, a merciful there's gonna be merciful mode. Because I am a weakling, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna go for that merciful mode. I think it's probably the same as like a skirmish on four. Yeah. Because yeah. four was great with the difficulty options and the accessibility in general is just it's a mastercraft and being accessible but also having a lot of still keeping and adding a lot of fucking depth. yeah four is so good it's if, really fucking good if i really can't make it any further in digital devil saga then i might just go back to four with me it's like i can play one game one one, one game at a time and since like one would be portable like, you know i would be playing both honestly well i guess like one smt at a time is kind of a lot exactly it's because i'm playing so many jrpgs at once like that's you're playing because, all of them at once. You need. To, I really gotta. I, I keep it on. Keep on with De Devil Saga because, like, you know, I'm really far in that one. Yeah, man. I've just gotten to like the really, really tough part. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like closing in on a Nocturne. I, I'd have it beaten by now, but like work just didn't like you know, become all consuming. Yeah, I just like don't have the time to play. I get it. But it's like, uh, hmm. yeah. I'm doing like you know a, a one of the like bigger side quests where it's like uh, where um it's like the the whole point of the game is like you know um the few surviving humans have established reasons and those reasons tie into like the conception and what the new world will be mm -hmm. and so like 
following through with um, them are kind of optional if you want to like go straight to the end and just like you know pursue your own independence and like path of destruction or whatever but like you know if you follow the other reasons you actually do like bigger um grander quests and like the set pieces and everything involved is just so great like i couldn't not do it so like i'm following like the neutral reason Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna accept it but i'm gonna like follow it through fight the bosses like do the script and then just like you know fuck that guy over oh that's how i plan to do it (laughs) yeah never choose neutral smt4 i gotta look at a walkthrough because like i'm still in tokyo and like there's so much shit to do yeah you'll never get out because like it's so big like that's just it's a great sandbox Exactly. I I I need a like like a little bit more direction. Oh, yeah. Like what to do. <laughs> God damn it. I'm surprised there hasn't been as much excessive soundboarding. <laughs> <laughs> What's up guys? We all good? Yeah, we are good. all good. I just got my Amazon delivery. Oh, nice. What did Hell you get? Yeah. I got a bunch of incense that my wife ordered, and I got a sound shield. You ever seen one of those Is fucking things? Huh? You ever seen a fucking sound shield? I don't think I so. I actually haven't, no. They're pretty cool. Um, so you can either like go over your whole room with acoustic foam that looks like egg crates, or you can do a thing that comes up behind your microphone and kind of fans out and you can bend it around. Oh, uh, okay. that's, that's oh a, nice. Yeah, I think true. I have seen that like on the walls of like, you know, some people I like seen online. Yeah. yeah pretty, that shit does look nice. They're pretty sweet. Got one on yeah, Amazon, they like look pretty 40 personal. bucks. I'm, I'm currently in the process of like trying to make like my own home studio for like making music and shit. So I might want to look into that. Yeah, totally. So, so my setup here, I got that dumb uh, mic, and it's going into a Scarlett 2i2. Yeah. Uh, USB interface, just because sometimes I'll do podcasts with my wife, and she's, uh, so, so we hook her up on another mic, then I can have individual channels when we record. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you use USB, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> Where were we? We were Where right were? after them. Well, I have to get back right to the character, so hold on. Yes. That takes a sec. Okay. It was right after, yeah, it was... Uh, Tombs in the house, because right uh, it freezes here. The mother uh, getting on drugs. <laughs> yeah. And she just woke up, he's explaining it, and then, like, after that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he explains that to her, and uh, yeah, Anne hasn't been around since the night that they had a staring contest. <laughs> and uh, now the dad's saying it's cool to have a tomb in your house because the, the ground freezes. And we got mad about that because it's like you live <laughs> in a cemetery. So fuck you. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so now dad's like, hey, check it out, guys. I found all these old keys on a key <sighs> ring. And, mm-hmm. and Bob this is going to turn back. out great. Mm-hmm. Bob and Ann are back from playing. Yeah. Well, but Bob's like, hey, I was hanging out with my girlfriend. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Hey-o. Well, wait a minute. The girlfriend? I mean, I knew you guys were like chatting, but aren't you a little young? She wants nothing. All she wants is for him to not die, which is like noble. But she doesn't really care much for Bob. Otherwise, she's like, you know, if I can just save this boy's life, you know, then that will be a good. But like, otherwise, she she's kind of tough to guess her intentions because like she's not very emotive. But like, 
she she's not into Bob, is what I'm saying. There's, there's not much. She's clearly there. like you know a couple years older, and she's like you know. But she's giving him positive attention, and so so yeah. a, a good story about this is uh, there's this girl I know on the internet who uh, is is fairly attractive and and is used to getting complimented. She moved to Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And culturally, it's very different. Nobody approaches you to date or really compliments you on your attractiveness. So this fucked her up. And so we're talking about it. (laughs) And she's like, this is insane. And I'm like, yeah, welcome to being a man. And she's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you talking about? I said, no, I mean, I've been complimented a couple of times, usually on my dick. But uh, (laughs) so I'm like, no, it's just uh, culturally it's different there. Culturally it's different here, you know. She goes, that sucks. She's like, I'm going to start complimenting men just, just in public, right? I'm like, I might not do that. She's like, no, no because I feel bad I for them because I felt bad. Bad idea. So she goes out and, and she does it and then she returns and she's like, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> no t- if you give yeah. any man positive attention, it immediately he thinks you want to fuck. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, will, yeah, that will. Yeah. yeah. So that's what happened with Bob. Is Bob want Bob is DTF, and Anne's not having any. Of it. Oh boy, uh, not Anne. Sorry. Well, what was the ghost girl name? May. Uh, May. May. May is not having. It's any funny because like someone had a joke online that was like you know about that. That was something like you know men will hear like one compliment and like that'll like f- that'll like be good for them for like three whole years. And I thought that was funny. Yeah. I'm still riding the glory of the one I had years ago, which it's like, yeah, you're not that bad. So, <laughs> aren't we all? Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's so, uh, Anne's back. Bob's back, and Anne's like, I, I never even saw that fucking girl he's talking about. So, well, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, your kid's clearly crazy, and. This scene, I think, is, is so far, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this movie. But this scene, they're starting to do something interesting here. Things happen. The dad's like, well, I'm going to open <laughs> up the cellar door, right? And he sticks the keys in there. And, ah, it doesn't work. He sticks the next key in, and that doesn't work. He sticks the last key in, and it's working, but he can't quite get right. enough mm-hmm. torque on it, right? So uh, he's like, well, what would be the smart thing to put in here and twist very hard in the direction of my wrists? A knife. I cannot. This makes me so uncomfortable every time I see it. (laughs) No, and I think that's intentional. Yeah. I really do. So, yeah, he, well, go ahead. What's What's our hero do? He slides a knife into the key thing, and it's like, and it's like just corking it, just trying to get that thing to turn. And it just makes you so nervous that like the blade's gonna like you know slip or snap or like someone is gonna get impaled or sliced real easy here. But uh, no, he gets that thing opened. You know, Norman is a doer. Mm-hmm. Immediately, that's my first thought. He's gonna he's gonna slice his wrist. No, that would actually considering what happens, that would actually be best case scenario. Something else happens. <laughs> It would have been a lot easier, yeah, for sure. Then they'd go to a doctor, maybe, and uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to play that dumb sound effect again of like, uh, this is when I'm out of this. 
So uh, no, he, he pops it open and uh, the, the door opens up and it's like, all right, let's go down. But he's like, ah, hold, no, but wait, I'm going to go down. Makes sense. He's the head of the house, I guess, patriarchy and all those things. So he starts heading down the stairs alone. And something we didn't mention earlier, but the naked girl had a ring on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I totally forgot about that detail. I didn't catch that at all, actually. No, she had a ring, and the ring is on the stairs. Uh, he finds it. So that's what the ring was. I was wondering what the ring was. Mm-hmm. Nope. And I couldn't remember. It was a little Japanese girl that they threw down a well. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting is if you actually like read the story behind that movie, or that yeah movie, The Ring, mm-hmm. it's like way crazier than that. It's connected to like, she she was like early era trans and somehow her soul is connected to the smallpox uh, virus. It's, I wow. don't remember that. That was not in the wow. movie. That That's in the original story, though. It's, it's really fascinating. Yeah, I know. Wow. I got to look that up. Yeah. So less fascinating, though, uh, he stands <laughs> up to, because he picks up the ring and a fucking and Dracula's there. No, 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 no. Bad man. The bat comes, it flies into Lucy's hair first. Well, yeah, because she hears him screeching down there because there's a bat, and she's like, oh, shit, I better go save him. Gets right in her hair, and you can see the wires so much when it's in her hair. Honestly, this whole scene with the bat attack, this is like one of the highlights of the movie. This is this is so fucking ridiculous. Can, it is fantastic. Look, this part of the movie, if like you're gonna watch one part, you need to look for the bat scene. What ensues is just a level of absurdity that is holy well, shit. Imagine <laughs> if the scene where Ash uh takes the fake Necronomicon <laughs> in Army of Darkness and it flies around biting him. Imagine if that was played straight. Yep. Yeah. That's where we're at. <laughs> Imagine if bat. it was somehow bl- a lot bloodier and more brutal. Oh, it is so brutal. So the bat like flies off and, and, and uh, he, he, it's in her hair and, and he's like peeling it off and it like does a cool fucking 180 move and it just sinks down in this actor's fucking hand. And uh, a little trivia fact, the actor actually kept the mechanical bat from this sequence that bit his hand as like a cool little like, hey, look at this cool piece of memorabilia. That makes me so happy to know that these two are still together. (laughs) Because holy shit. Because usually whenever you have a bad prosthetic bat in your scene, like you you keep it flapping, you keep it moving, you keep it in the shadows so you don't see how like poorly done it is. What you usually don't do is have it bite a character's hand and have it be very much in focus and in the clear so we can see how shitty this bat looks because it's crazy. This is the violator punching through the dude's head in the graphic novels and him like standing around talking to the disembodied head. This thing is with us for a journey, this bat. So we we rush upstairs and he's gushing blood. And he's like swinging his, his hand is just holy. He's like swinging his arm all over the place, getting blood on oh. everybody. Oh, it's so good! I love this scene. Oh. I love it. 
Yeah, the the bat is bleeding from places where he wasn't even stabbed. Well, yeah, he gets up there, and so like the dad um, opens up a drawer of only sharp things. Like this isn't even a knife drawer. It's just, yeah. there's knives and scissors. It's just like you know, it's the no no drawer. Where's my slice and stuff? <laughs> he grabs a pair of scissors, and he puts it right into that bat's fucking bat back, and then the bat immediately starts gushing out insane amounts of blood from the stab wound. And from places where he was not punctured, just all out of his back, he just blows up and he's still alive for a long time afterwards. Because then he like sticks the scissors in and he's like, he's like twisting them around, he's like yoking him and the out. It's getting louder. It's squeaking. He's getting louder. And there's also like pterodactyl noises. He's like hitting the back walls with those scissors. Like it's. Oh, my, oh my God. So, so good. We now know where coronavirus really came from. Oh, <laughs> you know. The bat actually wasn't in a market in China. It was actually in a New England basement. God damn it. This is the Corona bat right here. I will not take any other explanations. So the guy with a terrible beard, like, scissoring with it. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you see, the bat's blood gets all over Bob's face, too. This is ground zero, man. Oh, yeah. So, scale of uh, uh, 1 to 10 on intensity, where this scene is right now. Wh- where do you guys put it? We are just... We are talking about a movie that, as we've said, is very slow pace. You know, it's a very slow build. We haven't just, like, you know, picked up pace. We haven't just, like, you know, smashed into a crazy scene. We have fallen upon something that is just... A bat is so innocuous, <laughs> and it turns into the most surreal, absurd, violent bloody just intense and shocking thing you may ever see it is so it is a roller coaster of emotions that i cannot (laughs) express i love this scene with my life so 10 right absolutely you can't quantify it in numbers oh okay boys club (laughs) another thing i love about this scene is that the bat first attacks when the dad is still down in the basement and then, like, when it bites him, he, like, runs upstairs and brings it up to the kitchen. And you hear Bob go, Daddy, what's the matter? <laughs> it's like, what, you can't hear the bat, like, screeching and your dad, like, screaming in pain? Like, like you don't know what's wrong? This thing is, like, the size of a Filipino flying fox. Yeah. <laughs> it's massive. He's got a dog with wings on his arm. <laughs> it's not the hardest thing to parse. <laughs> Look at my hand, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> His hand is more bat than hand. So it's, it's okay, so bloody, shrieking, screaming mess. Cut to a guy yawning. <laughs> and this, this has to be intentional. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's great, yeah. They knew they struck gold. They were doing this for laughs. We cut to a guy yawning at the real estate place, and they're like, we want another house because... Fuck this house. Yeah. I really love how the bat was the last straw. Well, it's like nothing, like so far, <laughs> nothing much has really happened. Like everything with the mom, like, you know, totally yeah. passed that That's by. That's true. She yeah, could just be crazy. There wasn't really that much of like a gradual buildup of like, oh, there might be something wrong we with might this have house. To, no, it's like, but look, Once if you're the bat li- shit happens, if then- you're living there with your small son and you are attacked by that, at this point, you're kind of worried. You're thinking that there is like going to be like, hairless skinless raccoons coming out of your toilets eating your ass out and like 
fucking larva in the tap water. You are getting out of there. I'm not like, what kind of a diseased house has a giant? <laughs> no, this isn't right. There could be insane babysitters. There could be invisible girlfriends. You could be backing over fucking tombstones. Again, I would have been out of here so long yeah. ago. This movie never would have happened. So the guy yawns, and then we're like, yeah, I guess we were going to try to find a new place. And then we cut back to uh, to May with her dolls, and she's being all weird, and she just stares off at the wall, and she's like, yeah, don't, I told you not to go inside. It's like, yeah, thanks. Do you think she knew about the bats? Like, like she's talking about something completely different. Even she's it's like, so she sees this unfold, and she's like, well, damn, this just uh, really helps drive my point home. Yeah. Like, look, man, I, I warned you. So that's cool. Uh, we're going to go back to the house then. And I guess like the landlady is assessing it or something. Like she's trying to talk to the dad about. They say that she's going to come over in the evening and like talk about like moving them oh, out, yeah. getting them a new, another yeah. place. So she's supposed to be meeting with them. So she's walking around the house and she's like, hey, everybody, where are you? And I'm like, yeah, where is everybody? What's going on? Yeah, Why did you just walk in? I know this is like a big thing in like horror movies, but like, you know, she just struts right in. Mm-hmm. Just She doesn't check for anyone. She's like, you know, I'm fucking here. Just walking yeah. around like it doesn't matter where she steps. Mm. Mrs. Giddleston is her Mr. name? Mr. Giddles- Mrs. Giddleston. Yeah, she's married. Mrs. So <laughs> Mrs. Giddleston stomps on the coffin <laughs> and her leg gets like stuck in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. she twists her leg. I think like there's supposed to be a little bit of a bone showing, but I don't know if that's what it's supposed to be. She twists it up real bad is the idea. She's stuck to. Yeah, it could be that there's some bones sticking out or it could just be that she's a really old white lady. And that's just what their ankle looks like with blood on it. I don't even know. <laughs> so she it cracks through the stupid coffin in their house that you're not supposed mm. to have. And she's stuck. And uh, Mr. Monster is coming. And and he grabs a stove. Yeah. Poker. And this scene. This is pretty oh, good. This oh, is oh, this is awesome. This I love this scene. Really good. So, uh, he he takes the stove poker, and and just real slow, real slow, pokes it into her chest on the left side, and she's like, "Oh, this sucks." Her reactions are pretty bad. Yeah. As pretty bad and it, it goes in there and and you see like it's it's at the surface level for a minute then it kind of busts through and then he pulls it back out and then then the blood just starts like spurting out a little bit then through the other side and and when he when he goes through the other side this this is the coolest practical effect uh yeah so far yeah pulls it out of there after he stabs her in the other side of the chest and there's like it's almost like the air is escaping out of her lung and like bubbles. Up. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking crazy. <laughs> then he just uh, rams it through her throat. It's like, eh. Oh yeah. Oh, and this is the best one. This, the one through the throat, it, it forms a perfect hole. Yeah. She's at this point, she's just got a blood blow hole and it is like spurting out blood in weird like intervals and weird amounts it's the craziest <laughs> thing it's like man i want to gusher it's this is like the best and most gruesome kill in the movie so far oh yeah it's really great the neck geyser is great we also have a problem here because he starts dragging her away 
And then, like, you know, we see she's just covered in blood. We see those horrible, like, you know, puncture wounds. And then we see that her face is bashed in. And at first I thought it was, like, hair that's just covered in blood, like, you know, kind of messy on the side of her face that, like, kind of made it look bruised or something. But no. Between scenes, he had, like, bashed her face in. Yeah, there's, there's something else happened. Something got left on the cutting room floor. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's something that we're not seeing in this final version. My note is it looks like he ate her face. And and actually, it's because this scene originally was a lot longer, if you can even imagine. Uh, And and it was a lot nastier. And it even included an eye gouging, which is one of Fulci's (laughs) kind of trademark things. Oh, absolutely. I'm not surprised to learn that at all. But after the, the scene was filmed, he looked at it and he's like, eh, it's not realistic enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything else so far has been so realistic, but that, yeah, that's yeah. not realistic enough. Fulci, he's a realist. Except for, you know, storylines. Just literally everything we've seen. <laughs> yeah, this entire movie. So uh, he, he drags her ass down and I'm like, man, they're going to need a cleaning crew because there's blood fucking everywhere mm-hmm. so it's like how, and it turns how? out there is a cleaning crew because mm-hmm. the next the very next scene we just see Anne, the babysitter and she's scrubbing up blood but this is kind of clever she's doing it like right by the cellar mm-hmm. where dad was spraying crazy amounts of blood anyway mm-hmm. so i was like uh was Anne, did she, is she in on it? Did she clean the entire house full of blood? Did, did the monster clean up all the blood? Like what, what's no, going no, no. on? Anne clearly is trying to hide something because, you know, she's cleaning it. And then the mom sees there's more blood. And this is clearly one, it's more blood than before. And two, they had to have cleaned up the blood because they've already got him patched up at the hospital. And they also already got ready to go to dinner. Like, they mentioned that they were at dinner the other night. Oh, so clearly, yeah. everything in the house is taken care of. So she's cleaning up blood. The mom sees the blood. And Lucy says, like, you know, what are you doing? And then Anne is like, oh, shit, they know. So she's like, no, I made coffee. And then Lucy doesn't bring it up again at all. Because they just stare at each other again. Yeah, well, like, you know, Lucy says, that like, no, oh, it's such a shame you couldn't, shouldn't, you couldn't come with us to dinner last night. And then Lucy just, like, you know, stares and, like, you know, starts walking towards her slowly with this just intense murderous gaze just like her eyes her pupils are the abyss and then we cut to a scene it's someone's hot (laughs) we cut to a scene where someone's opening the door on the dad and then we see that it's the mom nothing happened actually lucy just apparently fucking went on her way and the mom just says yeah that lucy's kind of a weirdo i wish i could get her to talk to me that's it's all like, we get. Yeah, she wasn't really phased by the blood, was was she? No, she wasn't phased by the buckets of blood. She wasn't phased by the fact that she doesn't answer questions straight. She wasn't phased by the fact that she <laughs> apparently tried to assault her. She's like, yeah, that girl's kind of yeah. weird. She's a real weirdo. Huh. <laughs> she's, a wee- she's weird. So uh, the dad's like, yeah, that's cool. I'm going to go back to New York because fuck this place. No, I mean, I have to go do some more research. And uh, and, uh, the mom looks a little worried, but whatever. So he drives off uh, back to the library with Dandy Daniel uh, uh, Douglas. Oh, he's breathtaking. And this outfit is matched so beautifully. Oh, my God. 
Oh, he's this. I've never seen a man pull off a bow tie no. as well. This he is Dapper Daniel. Yeah, he's Dapper Dandy Daniel Douglas, and he comes in and and uh, he's like, "Oh, sir, what are, what are you doing in here, Norman?" And Norman's like, "Yeah, hey, what the fuck are you doing in here, man?" And he's kind of stare at each other from his little awkward. <laughs> yeah, so so Norman, or not Norman, um, Daniel, Dapper Dandy Daniel. Our precious Daniel, our dapper Daniel, clearly has something to hide. He's nervous to see him here. He's like kind of like backtracking the steps. He's like, you know, coming up with excuses. He's going to meet a whore in here, I think, is what's going on. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Um, if you couldn't guess, if you could, didn't catch the running theme, uh, we, don't, we don't follow up on that. Yeah. This is the last time we see Daniel, actually. Well, and that's the problem is I want, I want Daniel's movie. Yeah, I want to see Daniel oh. the museum uh, or library guy. <laughs> it's crazy. just called Precious. People get really confused. <laughs> so uh, it, it's awkward, and, and he's like, "Yeah, I was just I, I always come in on a Sunday and I look at every wing of the library, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna just go ahead and go. You you study, and then uh, uh, old professor he stares up at the that the old hanging rail." again yep <laughs> and i'm like maybe they should take that rail down yeah that railing is like a character in this movie it really is it 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 it, it really it's like oh it's now oh, this is gonna come up again later <laughs> you know oh uh, yep but it doesn't so we cut to bob and i guess he's playing tag with his invisible girlfriend and i want to see what that looks like Mm. Because, yeah, he's I'm, just running around like an idiot, and then oh, you got me! And then he falls and he rolls around the leaves, gets all dirty. And then he's got to get back to the house because Anne will get mad. Um, May is like, you know, no, don't go back to the house like at all. Just like stay out here forever. It's it's, and then Bob is like, nah, I'm gonna go back in. Well, the way she says that line is that Bob is running back to the house. And then she says, "Like, no, Bob, I warned you not to go back. I warned you not to go back inside the house." And then you get like a really sudden music cue of just like dun dun dun. It's but before great. she says a very important thing, meet me out by the old oak tree, and that'll definitely come up later. But it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they've re. So like we get like some lines with the real estate agent saying that they've renamed this mansion Oak Mansion because nobody wants to hear about it as the Freudstein House because everyone knows that was an old psycho doctor. So, but like we don't. <laughs> there's never any follow through with the oak trees. It's it's dumb. Well, he's he wasn't a doctor anymore though. He got his license revoked. So that's probably why they don't want to. don't want to say. <laughs> yeah. That. So Beardo Norman finds a tape, and I'm wondering if it's uh, a tape from Sammy Kerr from the movie Trick or Treat. <laughs> you, God damn you, it! You guys know that reference? Yeah, we saw a um, live screening of it hosted by uh, Joe Bob Briggs. Uh, the 1980s Trick or Treat, just to be clear. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, absolutely. We saw that one. We saw it hosted by Joe Bob Briggs, and it was awesome. I've actually never heard the... Uh, didn't they do a Grindbin episode on it? We did. They I did, did, yeah. I didn't hear that one, did actually. They? Oh, my God. And they didn't invite me. Those fuckers. Hey, Grindbin, fuck you. We're starting a war. <laughs> Those fucking pieces of shit. I don't... They didn't know about it, that we'd seen it. 
but also at the same time, yeah, fuck them. Yeah, we're yeah. starting a fucking war <laughs> with the grime, and fuck you. So anyhow, I, I was wondering if maybe that's it, but no, it's just some boring bitch ass that's whining about the house. And uh, so, so he goes in. It's like exposition time now, but kind of not because it doesn't really lead to anything. And in the whole time, yeah, it's just him like reacting. It's it's still we still don't figure out who the fuck Sheila is. I was really unclear on who Sheila was throughout this entire thing. Did they fix the coffin in the floor that had a big like leak in it or a crack in it? No, because it's leaking blood now. And and Dad's dreaming about his whole family just getting taken apart. <laughs> oh but, yeah, that's right. That's when we get those. In- this is actually um, it starts out pretty cheesy. Like we see the torso, the naked like bloody torso of the uh, real estate agent. And, well, no, no, it's, no, no, it can't be her. Actually, never mind, because she's. I think it might be Sheila. Is this when the dad is listening to the tape? He's, he's listening yes. to the tape and having the vision. Yeah, it's yeah. a really bad like mannequin torso that they tried to like pass off as being like a human torso, and like one of the breasts is torn off, and you can clearly see it's like a porcelain like <laughs> um, mannequin breast that was just like you know a ha- take, had a hammer taken to it and had like a little bit of like guts put on it because like you know. I feel like that would look different if you like dissected it. I feel like there'd be more going on, but that's just kind of like, you know, porcelain and blood. In all honesty, like this scene like was kind of creepy. As it drags on, it gets way creepier. Yeah. yeah. No, this is a good scene. But uh then he's like, uh, ah shit, my family's dead. I don't want to see that. So he pulls the tape out and he throws it in the library's oopsie doodle fire pit. <laughs> okay i'm what sure, the hell was this thing i'm sure this is an antiquated heating thing like you no know, this is new england old buildings you know there's got it's some sort of like you know old style furnace type thing it's just really weird to see this like you know metal fire pit in the middle of the library that he just yeah, walks up to famously in in a library where you want to keep things like Cool and dry so that the books don't get damaged by moisture and stuff. What you would generally want to do in a very cool, dry area is have open flames. <laughs> yeah, you know. That clearly have some sort of like whale oil that they're using to, to burn. Because I don't know what the fuck they're doing up there in, in New England. Uh, this is the stupidest thing ever. He just chucks the tape in it. He's like, well, nobody's ever going to need to hear that. And to what end? It's not like he's trying to cover it up. He's like, when he figures it out, he's like, oh, shit, I better tell my wife. That's the first thing he does. Yeah. But, um, he, he immediately after this goes out looking for more proof. Yeah. So Anne's watching the kid while mom's out shopping and uh, she sees her husband drive by. And, and I like this because there's a store on this uh, strip called the Cheese Shop. Like, it's all they sell is cheese. Well, yeah, that's where, um, you know, Fulci was getting that Parmesan, the special Parmesan. You know, they were running a different operation in the back. Got to watch out for those New England cheese shops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all them fucking cheese heads. So, so then we cut back to the house, and Bob's running around. He's looking for room 237. <laughs> yeah. You know, he does have a – he has a fuck. He totally has a Danny Torrance haircut. This entire movie has a Shining vibe. Yes. Which, which, again, is why my wife said, wow, Kubrick is a genius. Anyhow, oh, I mean the cellar is what, what he's looking for. And uh, Anne goes down 
uh, because uh, Bob disappears. Yeah. And she's like, hey, are you, uh, did Bob, did you go down in the cellar? Is there another attack bat that's uh, getting you? <laughs> and the babysitter walked down in the cellar and the door closes. And the first time you're watching this, this seems really weird because everything about the babysitter is suspicious. She's clearly on the wrong side of things. So she should know what's going on in this basement. She broke into the house in the middle of the night to open it. So clearly she has nothing to fear. She's like, you know, you know she's in the mix here. She knows what's up, right? Yeah, she wants to go there. Yeah, this is her yeah. ultimate goal and destiny. She wants this basement open. So this is, this is kind of a clever move, actually. Um, so she, she goes down there. And uh, there's some weird kind of decomposing guy with a knife. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's coming after her ass. And, and uh, so Bob, well, Bob knows there's some problems going on. So he, he goes up to his room to kit up with, with his uh, pink cap gun. His pink cap gun and his trusty sidekick, Yogi. Which is a Diddy Kong plush before Diddy Kong was invented. It, yeah, it yeah. looks exactly like Diddy Kong. It's it got the a red cap. Red cap, red shirt. It's Diddy. Yeah. It's Diddy and then Yogi. Like, yeah, he calls it Yogi. I thought at one point I thought he was talking. He says the name Yogi, but the chimp isn't there. So I thought he was talking about Yogi Bear. But no, Yogi is the chimp who is apparently the inspiration for the famous Diddy Kong. So he's got his stupid little, like, cap gun. It's great. It's, like, bright pink. It's perfect. Yeah. And, and he, he grabs his flashlight, and, and we're going down there to do the whole thing. He uh, runs to the stairs. Bob goes in, and he, he runs down the stairs. He's, like, looking around. He's like, uh, hey, what's, what's going on? Where's Anne? And he looks up the stairs, and, uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> This is great. Whoops a doodle. Yep. Down pops Anne's head. Anne gives him a little head. Mm -hmm. And it's great because like they tried to make like, you know, with whatever budget they had, a somewhat realistic looking fake head. And the fake decapitated Anne head looks worse than the supposed to be fake looking mannequin version of her from earlier in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like shit. Yeah, that piece of that great piece of foreshadowing with the dis with like the decapitated mannequin looked better than this one. <laughs> like the eye, the closed eyes looked drawn on. It really did. It's really fucking bad. <laughs> it looks like shit. It's so terrible. So yeah, the head rolls on down, and then the kids all freaking the fuck out. It's like ah oh, shit. What 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 the hell am I gonna what am I gonna do now? And uh. Again, this is a great time to leave. Like every every moment of this is time to leave. So uh, he he squeezes his way up to, or he runs up there, and the monsters chasing him, and uh, he he uh, almost gets out, but his hand gets stuck in the door. Which the doesn't door make is, sense because it's not like you know a swinging like closing door. No, 
It's an yeah, old wooden like, door. How how does it get stuck? How does his arm get stuck like on its own? Yeah, that always confused me. Like, what the hell even happened? If we saw like the monster pulling him back or or something like that, that would make more sense. But th- no, this makes absolutely he just kind of no stops. Because on the other hand, like I think this is actually a really great scene. The first time I ever saw this movie. I saw this movie like really late at night one night on uh, Turner Classic Movies when they played it on their TCM underground block. And I just happened to catch it. And like, this is one of those scenes that was like surprisingly really suspenseful. But at the same time, it doesn't make sense for the reason that you guys brought up. It's like, how does his hand like not get out of there? But at the same time, it was just like, oh no, like, (laughs) is he going to escape? Yeah, no, in a, just a little bit, we're going to get to, like, this entire situation rehashed, and it does get really tense, yeah. honestly. Oh, yes, it does. So, now he is trying to squeeze his hand out, and he's like, oh, my God, i got to get my hand out. And he does. He squeezes his hand out, gets out of there, and it's like, victory, you know? Uh, right as the monster's trying to, trying to grab his hand. So, Mom comes home, and she's freaking the fuck out and she's like wait where where is everybody what's going on here uh there's no bob there's no Anne. she goes up to the room and bob's in the corner crying mm-hmm. and uh, he tells his mom he's like look man you remember Anne? somebody cut her fucking head off and it's in the basement <laughs> and, like, oh, and bob you, sh- you bullshitter okay Bobby. so so now we've got mom upstairs after she hallucinated the house trying to kill her right uh-huh. We've got Bob. Bob just saw the goddamn babysitter get her head cut off, right? Mm-hmm. Mom got there in a car, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know where this is going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about that, babe. I'll take care of it. I just gotta go to the store real quick for a carton of milk. I'll be back. Yeah. Hey. You dumb fucks. Get in the car and fucking leave. (laughs) You know, Eddie, it's funny you say milk because... Like any right-thinking person, like the people in this movie, this whole thing is solved with a carton of milk itself. So, <laughs> so you know, mom takes Bob down to the basement to show him that there's nothing there, and there isn't. And so then she puts him to bed with a carton of milk. That's it. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> yeah, that's so stupid. Hey, it's cool, dog. Uh, have a, a glass of milk. I'm going to go eat 19 more of those fucking <laughs> Yeah, I pills. really think at this point she's just like totally pilled out. Yeah, it's like we happy few and she's just popping joy. Like, it's just, man, it's rough. It really is. So mom comes home, does the whole thing. And then that's, again, where we get the fuck out of here. We're looking around. They, they go back down into the basement, though. They're look. They're, they're like, uh, what, what, what are we... What do we see? And there's some really stupid looking like dark eyes with no dead Anne, though. Yeah, it's really great because <laughs> we see these eyes darting about. And um, these we'll the, get to what, how little this makes sense in just a moment. Yeah, these like scary eyes you see in a few different horror movies. 
and I love it every time you see them. It actually d- it does feel kind of creepy. It makes Honestly, no sense, yeah. but it's creepy. It's funny for me because so many movies, I, I joke with my wife that it's like, wouldn't it be funny if the final scene is that the the protagonist turns, looks at the camera, and it's Thriller with the cat eyes? <laughs> <laughs> like it just reminds me of that shit. Oh god! So yeah, no dead end or whatever. They hear some thumping upstairs, and nothing happens. So now the dad goes to the cemetery, and he's looking for Doctor Freudstein. And the caretaker comes up to him. He's like, "Hey, it's Sunday. What are you doing here? Cemeteries are only open." On Monday through Saturday, you're not allowed to mourn on a Sunday. That feels weird. That feels not right. Yeah. Yeah, that feels wrong. Is this but an whatever. Italian it's... thing that they're projecting? Like, they don't, like, you know, a lot of these, like, it doesn't rub off really here. There's a lot of better examples, like. Fiddle Faddle for breakfast. Movies like Enigma, Pieces. Um, <laughs> but, like, um, this one seems, I don't know. Is this, like, an Italian thing? No cemeteries on a. Sundays. Famously not Italian me. Can't can't tell you. Uh so Yeah. We yeah, let's see. Uh, We're gonna have to ask Mike from the grind bin about that. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Caretaker's fucking shitty to him. He's like, Yeah, the the dad, he's not or Dr. Uh, Freudenstein, he's not buried here even. That's a that's an urban legend and get the fuck out of here. The last guy that was bugging me about this. <laughs> I love this because the dad says like there are official document. There's official documentation saying he's buried here. And the guy's like, no, that's a dumb urban legend. So it's like, no, okay. No, that's a lie. Just because it's documented doesn't mean it's true. You know? Uh, okay. Yeah. Hashtag fake news. Right. Guys. <laughs> Can't believe that everything you read, you dumb, dumb fucking idiot. <sighs> so we're back home. We're tucking the kid in. And I guess we're just not concerned that the babysitter fucked off and left the kid alone. Yeah, no, the mom literally says, like, she probably went to visit her parents. So what if she did it in the middle of the day when she was supposed to be watching you? Okay, that's cool, I guess. Whatever. I hope they're not paying her because, <laughs> goddamn. The real estate agency is paying her, apparently. I'm going to go into a real estate agency and see if they need a babysitter. Yeah, for real. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to just go look at some kids. They probably pay more. <laughs> Yeah, is this an 80s Italian thing where real estate agents can just send out babysitters for you? You know, actually, this is one thing I do know about Italian culture, that they actually do that. They, the real estate agents have also uh, people to look after your children. Are you serious? Really? No, not at all. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, Bob, uh, he... Oh, fucking I'm so done with Bob, dude. He sneaks out again, <laughs> and he goes right back into the cellar. I love Bob, dude. It's nighttime. You, you've already. We already had problems with the cellar. He goes down there again, though, and and again. Why don't we keep <laughs> the cellar door closed? You have the keys. Lock it. I don't, I don't know. He goes down looking for Anne, and, and I'm like, dude, fuck Anne, okay? <laughs> well, he gets uh, down there, and then uh, the door shuts and locks, and then. Those cool, stupid eyes pop up, and then we're having another cool staring contest with the eyes, where the camera zooms in on it, and then the eyes are across the room, and they're to the left of him, and they're above him, and then they're, they're, they're everywhere. There's eyes everywhere. The hills have eyes, for God's sake. I love it. Yeah. And from this moment on, this is like the final sprint to the end, 
this entire scene is pretty goddamn good. It gets tense. It gets scary. This shit, like, we're, we're going to joke our way through it, but this shit is fucking awesome. Yeah, watching this. This is like, you know, this kind of like slow movie. We finally get here. This is the ending. Shit goes bananas. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, watching this on Turner Classic Movies at like two in the morning, like, I was pretty fucking scared, honestly. Like as rid- as ridiculous as it is, like it was pretty effective. Yeah, we're we're past the the precipice now. It's that slow building. Uh, in America, we we didn't at the time have a lot of building suspense to horror. No, no, it was kind of something we were we were adopting at that point. So so like your uh, Argentos, and I guess you could say The Shining was one of the the earlier adopters of this. Yeah, it's more of a slow burn to like, you know, bigger, more memorable scares that really stay with you longer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So now this is where it gets great. He runs up, he starts banging the shit out of this door, but it will not open. Scares his mom. His mom runs down. She's trying to use the keys to open the door. And that doesn't work. No, it's not open. She tries the dad's trick and she breaks that key. Yeah, mm-hmm. snaps the key, and then she she gets the knife and she wedges it like in the corner of the door, and she's like trying to pry it open with a knife, which is that's never going to work. Um, and and she she wedges the knife and she twists it and snaps the knife, and it's like, I mean, all the knife it really does make me nervous. Just then, like just really handling that knife. <laughs> now immediately, I'm worried. Like the half of the blades falling in next to the kid. Like who the fuck? A lot of, there's a lot of things that could go wrong here. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. So dad gets home mm-hmm. and what does dad do? Immediately runs for the ax. Mm-hmm. He immediately runs for the ax. I know this must've got you hard. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's the reason that I picked this movie because yeah. I know there was an ax in this movie. I didn't know this was happening. The climax. Climax. End of the movie, the axe saves the day. The best. The best. And uh, spoiler alert, I will be releasing a bonus episode where I talk about where I got that nickname. Oh, shit. Uh, That's going to be coming out. I thought it was just nice alliteration. So he runs over. He gets the axe like you do. And he says, hey, kid, back the fuck up. Because I'm about to axe the door <laughs> that you're standing next to. And the kid says, all right, I'm going to do that, Dad. Then this hand pushes his head against the door. Okay. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys. Uh, uh, Jane, Terry, say you're that kid. Mm-hmm. And the, this is yes. what, what goes down. And I'm going to give you... Three seconds each to say something before the the first swing of the axe. Go. My head's on the door. Swiper, no swiping. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, this kid just like, he's like, well, I'm resigned to this. This is my fate, I guess. The axe pops out in front of his face. And he's like, ah, shit, that didn't didn't work. And... uh, I'm still alive. Yeah. Now the, the little, axe. There's one thing with like, you know, being a movie monster that is totally willing to kill a child. It is one thing to be a movie monster who's like, I want this kid dead, but I'm going to make his dad do it. It's like, shit, Ooh, man. That is a, just like next level. That's like uh old boy. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like, not only did I own your ass, but you just fucked your daughter. <laughs> oh, <Christ>. Like, <laughs> that's where we're at mm-hmm. here. You're, you, not only did I own your ass, but you just axed your fucking kid in the head. But he doesn't ax his kid in the head. He misses. He misses. And then the third one, and, and this is so interesting what happens. Oh, boy. It, I can't even describe what happens. It cuts the hand off, like around the wrist. It's pretty great. Yeah, like the access. I don't understand. Like, what in what way did Freudstein have his arm on the door that when the axe hit it next, it exploded off of his arm? <laughs> it just goes flying. It's great. It doesn't make any sense. Like everything that's preceded, but it's fan- but like everything that's preceded, it's fantastic. So this monster has two hands, like you said before. He has a normal hand and a monster hand. Which hand gets cut off? It's the it's the normal hand, so the kid gloves are oh, off. Interesting. So yes, now that last shred of normal of him maybe is gone. Mm. Now he's showing no mercy from this point forward. Not that he has. I mean, he was crazy getting ready to fuck them over big time with that last move. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty rough. Mm. Like he already committed to the bit at, yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so he gets that lucky shot off. Bob runs down the stairs now that the monster is all fucked up, and the monster starts crying like a baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's legitimately horrifying. Like, as far as movie monsters go, this guy is like a pretty slapdash job. You know, it looks like they took some like rawhide that a dog chews and just like stretched it over a skeleton. Um, it looks like if you put like a slipknot mask in the <laughs> microwave. <laughs> He's not all that scary looking, but man, does he freak me the fuck out. Because that child crying yeah. in the grunting, that's like, it's like, is he crying? Like, where's the crying coming from? It's like nothing about him makes sense. It's just like, oh, it's so, it to freaks me, me out. To me, it adds to what you were saying about like this sort of being like a weird fever dream. Mm-hmm. Like this is like this like full grown adult, but it's also a monster who has been who has like this weird disfigured face but it's crying like a toddler for some reason and at the same time also grunting like a monster like you can hear yeah. the grunting of a monster and mm-hmm. the cries of a child at once when freud's scene like you know gets going it's so weird that it is genuinely creepy mm-hmm. at this as point, ridiculous as it is yeah it's like a cross between Edvard Munch's painting of the scream mm-hmm. and the dude that got like kind of melted by toxic waste and robo. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's fucking insane. It's like that lady who got oh hurt. Oh my god. Um, I don't know if it's lady. I know someone got their face torn off by by a monkey. And then at that point it just doesn't look like a human being anymore. Uh, it's just a yeah. mess of the tissue. The lady who was torn off by the chimp. Yeah. yeah. It, oh, that was not good. So, so we break the door down finally, and the dad's like, he needs human victims for their cells so that he can stay alive. It's Dr. Freudenstein. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. Back the fuck up. Where did you figure that out? We have had this entire movie where they're slowly building up, like, you know, things are getting weird with Freudstein. Where's this Freudstein guy? What did he do? And then he, all he figured out is that one, his friend was apparently scared of him, and two, he's not buried in the cemetery where it says he's supposed to be buried. Yeah. Therefore, you put two and two together, clearly he is claiming human victims to regenerate his cells. 
It all adds up. Yeah. I guess. Cool. Whatever. <laughs> so now we have the final fight. Norman versus Dr. Freudstein. And my God, is this an epic battle. <laughs> this is pretty great. <laughs> that lasts for how many seconds? He, t- he takes a big fucking haymaker swing with that axe. And mm. the monster blocks it immediately. <laughs> they both back away from each other. The dad backs into a knife collection, grabs one of the knives, and slowly like walks up to the dude and is like, I'm going to stab your stomach. And he, yeah, it's like saunters right up and like he no. just saunters up and stabs him right in the fucking stomach. Which, by the way, um, in, in that scene, that was done in a single take. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, really amazing! It wow. only took one take to capture that that essence. Which ugh, never would such have thought. a terrible take. And it sucks too because there are points of this movie that are brilliant. Like I'm with you guys there. But uh, they're punctuated by just abject failure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's brilliance punctuated by abject failure. That's this movie. And that's just a no, another sort of brilliance in all its own. It's, it's beautiful in a way. And beautifully, he, he pulls the knife out and a bunch of maggots and poop come out. Yeah. A bunch of like, you know, weird, like it looks like rotting like pumpkin guts and maggots. It's very Halloween-y. It's great. And like, it's very inconsistent because sometimes it's like, you know, worms and red dirt. Sometimes it's flat out just maggots. Um, this is one of the most inconsistent wounds in horror history. The size, yeah. the type of insects keep changing. It's also just great how we tried to like, you know, build up this monster who's like, you know, yes, but he's like, you know, a man of science, a medical man, a, you know, horrible, you know, science just gone wrong and a doctor who like, you know, flew too close to the sun, like, you know, experimenting on humans, trying to get forbidden knowledge in obscene ways. But he did find a way to, like, you know, extract some sort of essence to, like, you know, keep his cells going. But when you puncture him, he's just like Oogie Boogie from fucking Nightmare Before Christmas. (laughs) He's the most, like, monster-ass monster ever. He's just filled with worms and shit. It's like if Dr. Herbert West from Reanimator just ended up being the Yeti from WCW. Yeah. Like, uh, you tried, but you failed, man. You really tried, but it, it just did not take. So then the monster just uh, grabs dad's throat and rips it out. Yeah, it just pulls it off. Which is such a great way to kill that dude. It's great. And then he has to uh, back up and reset to his spawn point. <laughs> which is against that barrel. I don't, I don't know what that's all about. And mom sees, uh, oh shit, there's a, a little light shining through and that's the tomb that the landlady broke, right? Yeah, they can get up that way. So now it makes sense. It makes sense that there would be a hole in a tomb uh, that, that was in your floor where there is a cellar. So I'm like, all right, th- this adds mm. up now. Now the movie all yep, makes it. All wrapped together in the final moments. <laughs> in the final moments. So they try to make it up there. The mom runs up and, and, and puts her son up in front of her. Hey, let's get the fuck out of here. And they're trying to pry it open. And uh, d- then the monster's trying to like climb up the stairs behind them. And I'm like, dude, this guy's unstable at best. Mm. Just kick him down. That's what I thought, too. He doesn't like, come across as very imposing. I mean. 
Yeah. I thought the same thing. Just like kick him in the face and just like kick him down the fucking steps. It's like, is this really that hard? For real. I could have kicked this guy down 19 times. Yeah. Like me too. Like it would have become comical It's at some point. But no, that doesn't work. He, uh, he ends up grabbing the mom and <laughs> her death. Oh, man. Oh, guys. You got to describe her. So, so she dies. Uh, the monster grabs her by the leg and pulls her down the flight of wooden steps. And she keeps hitting her head on the steps. And that is apparently what kills her. <laughs> well, he pulls her down 20 flights of steps. This goes on. For, keep in mind, they only went up like, like, you know, several steps to get to the, you know, top and break through to the uh, tomb. Yeah. He drags her forever. It keeps cutting and she's still on the stairs. It's like, this doesn't make much sense. You can't still be pulling her down yeah. the same four stairs for two minutes. Yeah, we're 38 minutes. We're 38 minutes into the movie. The next hour is him dragging her down That's the good. stairs. And I'm like, God, this is yeah. a choice. Yeah, so she's done for. It's She's fucking it's dead. All up to our man, Bob. Bob. Good old Bab. So we're, I'm I'm chanting I'm I'm pounding the floor Bob 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 and uh, he's prying it open and I'm chanting Bob 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 come on Bob you got this man you can do it and he's prying it open and it's not working out for him and then who comes to save him Well it's our little German girl May yep. like pulls him up out of that tomb the Fräulein Phantom pulls through. Yep. The Fräulein Phantom spreads it open, and he is reborn through that concrete vagina in the house and pulled out anew. You know, I never thought of it that way, and I don't think I will again. <laughs> yeah, think about that next time you watch it tomorrow. Uh, so so he, he comes up, and uh, I guess, like, Bob and May and Miss Fro, uh, Frau... Freudstein, whatever. Mary Freud, yeah, Mary Freudstein's there. Mary Freudstein, I guess she's like, "What? Well, you're one of our kids now. Mm -hmm. I guess we're gonna go be invisible people forever." Yeah, he <laughs> like, has entered this um, this ghost world. I kind of see because, like, you no, know, when he comes, he's clearly not in like the realm of reality. The house is different no. and everything. He's clearly like, you know, yeah. Maybe you could interpret like, um. Dr. Freudstein got him, but in some way his soul was saved by Mary and May Freudstein. So rather than like, you know, just being fodder to, you know, keep Freudstein alive in that basement, his soul was saved. But at the end of the day, everyone still loses because one, Bob is dead for sure, no matter how many oh yeah, no matter how you look at it. And two, yeah. um, Freudstein's still in that basement, and he's still gonna get more victims. So yeah, bad ending. But a magnificent ending, because man, this movie's fucking great. <laughs> Bad ending. You need to go replay it again and save fewer times and use less of <laughs> right. the ribbons. You need the to look writers. at the locket your wife Mary gave you enough times <laughs> to get the best ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, we get this final line, this quote. No one will ever know whether the children are monsters or the monsters are children. By Henry, Henry James. James. It's so on the nose because the monster was crying as a child. Yeah. And yet it still makes no sense. It was so literal and still so off the mark. Yeah, it's so on the nose because it's not a real quote. What? Really? Yeah. Lucio Fulci made that up. 
That's not a real quote. That's just he made that up and then made a fake Henry James. He made a fake fucking name and attributed it to that that dude. Are you fucking kidding me? That's like the no, opening quote. I'm not boy and kidding. Lava girl being attributed to Lava Girl. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Why would I be kidding about that? It's perfect. It's oh the perfect God. way that to bookend is... this movie. What a fucking beauty. Because like my dumb ass was watching this movie and thinking, oh, Henry James. Oh, like, yes. Sir Henry James. Yeah, that's yeah. the name of a Sir Henry that. James. That's the name of a famous writer. We all know Henry books. James. And I just like assumed, yeah, like that's a real guy. Children right? really are monsters. Yes. Thank you, Henry. Philosopher Henry James. We're <laughs> all familiar with his work <laughs> in, indubitably. Jesus Christ. So, guys, <laughs> I enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. I did, and uh, I would definitely recommend any listener should should uh, uh, watch it. But yeah. but with us in the background, maybe I don't know. <laughs> but a a common um, little feature that I have on this show is that I like to ask the guests if they have a perfect pairing for it. So. What what is there another movie or is there another piece of horror fiction that you would recommend to go along with this? And and I can start out if you guys need a moment. Yeah, you, you start us off. Yeah, absolutely. We'll so for up. me, it's super easy. It's the uh, the movie The Shining, which <laughs> yeah, right. Basically, yeah. does everything this movie is attempting to do successfully mm-hmm. uh in that the yeah. acting is way better the soundtrack uh, maybe maybe i don't know i like the synthy stuff so maybe this one might edge it out there but uh then as far as the the slow building burning impending sense of dread and the the uh the feeling of a dreaminess and not quite knowing where we're at or what's going on I think The Shining maybe executes it a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just a touch. But maybe. hey, what are you going to do? So that that would be my recommendation for a, for a pairing. Uh, do either of you guys have uh, a pairing of your own? I got a pairing. House by the Cemetery and a bowl of spaghetti with a special, uh, special sprinkle of Parmesan on top of you, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe some uh, special mushrooms. Yeah, and also maybe play just play Clock Tower. I mean, it doesn't real. It's not real like this. Clock Tower is actually, if you want an Italian connection to that, the first Clock Tower game, the SNES one, you can like get mm-hmm. translated. It's it was on Super Famicom. Never actually came to Super NES. Yeah, but if you played on emulator, played in English, it's um based super heavily on the movie Phenomena. Okay. And that one is another Italian movie. Um, uh, it's an Argento. It's an Argento movie. flick. Yeah, that also has an insane ending. Like, even, like the rest of it's good, but the end, like, it's watch it for the ending. It's nuts. Okay, so I'd say so like, yeah, I'd pair it with Phenomena, the Clock Tower, Clock Tower and, on you know, Super Coke Famicom, Spaghetti. and and uh, Phenomena. Okay. Yes. Any um, any other pairing? <laughs> 
my pairing would probably be uh, the Goosebumps episode, uh, Stay Out of the Basement. <laughs> Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's Stay Out of the Basement. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's not that many similarities, but like that is no, all no, about. No, no, there's a lot. Science. And... Uh, yeah, it's about like Basements. a dad who has like a scientific experiment going on in his basement and he doesn't want his kids to go in there. You know, it's about like a basement that needs to be stayed out of. So, <laughs> and that's just well, that's good. So that's like my just watch that Goosebumps episode. Any excuse to watch Goosebumps, yeah. or as I call it, Good Black Mirror. <laughs> good <laughs> Black Mirror. Well, man, because last week's episode actually I covered a, an episode of Black Mirror, my really? favorite episode of Black Mirror. Which one's that? A man fucks a pig. <laughs> isn't that the first? Isn't that the I've first always, episode? The I've one they cut out the gate. It's it's the first episode and it's the best episode, a hundred percent. All right, guys. So thank you very much for joining me on the Bloody Bits Horror Show. Uh, what did you think? Did you guys have fun? Oh yeah, this was I had fantastic. A lot of, I had a lot of fun. This was a good experience. You know, Shane and I. Uh, most of our podcast experience is being on the grind bin, and I feel like this was a different, you know, sort of vibe, a different yes. experience, and it it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun here at the Dudes Club. Yeah. It's yeah, it's more like the boys, you know, just hanging out with our dicks out. Yeah. So just dudes being dudes. It's just boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you guys have uh, anything you want to promote or uh, people should check out? I'm kind of like an, uh, there's really nothing for me on the internet. I have a very low online presence, not for any particular reason, but Terry, you have stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess I should just, for the both of us, just, uh, you know, just keep listening to the Grindbin podcast. Uh, Shane and I are both, like, really oh, yeah. big fans of it, and Eddie, you're a big fan as well. It's a great yeah, show. Yeah, I always promote them. Yeah. Always, sure. always, always promote them. I don't have a Patreon. If you want to pay money, pay that Pay that to them. Yeah, go to the Grindbin Patreon. Like, Shane and I have been huge fans for a really long time. And, like, I guess, like, just to mention, if you want to watch House by the Cemetery, like, out of curiosity, it's on Amazon Prime if you have a subscription to that. But, like, you can also get it on YouTube and Google Play. You can, like, rent it there. Like, if you're curious enough to watch the movie, you can watch it there. But, like, for my own promotion, uh, I have a Bandcamp page that is uh, trampire.bandcamp.com. And Trampire is spelled T-R-A-M-P-Y-R. I have an album of demos on there right now, but I'm like working on more. Mm-hmm. So uh, just like, just like uh, watch, just keep an eye out for that. Some real upbeat stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like some 41 style, like post-punk, right? Yeah. Just like, like pop punk, like <laughs> pop punk that has some, like a little bit of hardcore influence there. Like some of it is kind of screamy, but like generally it's pretty poppy. Now, I've heard some of your stuff. That's if you want, a- I can cut in uh, one of your songs at the end of the episode, actually. I, you know, I always uh, cut something in. Mike, uh, Mike just did that on the grind bin recently. If you want to go ahead and do that, then I would not have any problem with that at all. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, then go ahead. I would appreciate yep. that. Uh, tell me what song and I'll cut it in right now. Uh, the one that I'm the most proud of is a Switchblade Romance. So, like, just cut that one in okay, there. Okay, so now that's the one that I like the most. I'm going to say good night to you guys. Thank you for joining. And the last thing you're going to hear is Switchblade Romance. Uh, if if you're if you're listening to this and and uh, I don't know, I I don't want your money. I just want you to tell a friend, tell a friend to listen to it. 
And maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. Maybe your friends fucking suck. Maybe they're stupid. <laughs> but listen, Let's get that good word out. Listen to Switchblade Romance because it's good. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Good night. Just burn.